Tell me what's happening. This is Pyromaniac Mo coming at you for episode 19, part two of the Pyro Light podcast. Today is Friday, November 27th, and we're heading into the midst of week 12. We just kicked a tail feather and boogied on in to a band called Third Rail. A song called Grounded. I indeed did tweet that out last week. I will do it again this week. As always, you can find the wealth of the Pyromaniac crew on iTunes, Spreaker, and Stitcher. We are constantly updating the ways in which we can enter your ears. Pyromaniac Nation is a taking over, folks. You can follow me, Pyromaniac Mo, on Twitter, P Y R O M A N I A C M O. You can follow the rest of the crew at P-Y-R-O-M-A-N, the number one AC. And before we get rolling, a quick word from the DraftKings sponsor. Fantasy sports fans are winning huge cash prizes every day at DraftKings.com, America's favorite place to play daily fantasy sports. Daily fantasy means no season-long commitments. Play whenever you want. Just pick up a sport, draft your team, and it's like a new season every time you play. You're never stuck with the same players. In fact, over $1 billion will be won at DraftKings.com this year, and you could be the next big winner. Go to DraftKings.com now and enter the promo code PYRO, P-Y-R-O. All new users to DraftKings receive a deposit matching bonus of up to 600 simoles, which releases at the rate of play, and you also get a free 3 Dollar game voucher. That's on DraftKings.com. Promo code Pyro. And while we're getting some business and paying the bills out of the way, you know, I just wanted to say that it's been a pleasure being a part of Pyro. Certainly the regular crew, Dog, Houdini, Stags, those on Pyro Heavy. We got Val Verde doing a fantastic job with the news feeds. I tried to pop in uh, a few guys here and there, but it's tough because he has a wealth of media coverage for you, for you a Pyro pros anyway. Uh, we are blessed to have so many new bloods coming aboard. We've got OC, who's done a fantastic job with the player write-ups uh, Kania, who guested with a DFS chat with me not too while back. He's been doing a great job on the write-ups. And our newest writer, Fairway K, has been tearing it up on the write-ups. So uh, we are excited at Pyromaniac Nation. We are the only fantasy football company with soul, and I love the fact we're getting some People who are as excited about football as us and believe in this thing as much as we do, and also 
the amazing graphics Pyro Stash has been coming up with. I mean, they are beyond cool. They are just straight out of the Hoth system. Uh, Pyro Stash is really bringing the company to the next level, and I am digging it. Uh, all you guys, you know, you've been amazed with the player write-ups. You know, uh, it, it's a grind that we do, but we love it. The news feeds and the direct access. If you want a slice of that, join Pyro Pro and hoist a trophy because that's what it's going to bring you. Now, before I continue and get a little flaclemped here about how much I love this company and the direction we're moving, I have the impetus Behind the force that is Pyromaniac with me today, the one, the only, D-Rex. How are you, sir? What's up, buddy? How you doing? Uh, I'm doing well, doing well. Drinking a Val Verde. Uh, hats off to you over Skype. Let's get a little uh, virtual toast. Uh, always a pleasure. Uh, happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. And I hope you had a, a, a wonderful day yesterday and enjoy your weekend. And It's awesome to be on um, your awesome Pyro Podcast light show this week. Um, and do it again. I think this is my third or fourth one with you, and we'll keep doing one every five weeks or, uh, or so, however you want to slice it, buddy. It is always a pleasure. And uh, so you had a good Thanksgiving over there in uh, the Windy City? Yeah. I, you know what? I've got to call it Thanksgiving breakfast. My sister's a nut. She's like, hey, we're having a turkey bowl at 10, and then uh, halftime of the first games, uh, we're eating. Like what? <laughs> we're eating at like one fifteen. Uh, so I literally ate at one fifteen. Um, I made a great plate, and then I look around. And I go, "Hey, where's the gravy?" Like, "Oh, we didn't make any gravy this year. We just we're not a gravy family." I'm like, "Oh, jeez." Now I know I got to bring my own bottle of gravy with me to uh, Thanksgiving. But had a great time with the nephews. Had a great time with the sister in Evanston, Utah Wildcats, and um, it was it was good times. I I I was home by five, working on pyro firing it up and had a good night drank a stayed sober at my sister's because i was driving but cracked a bottle of wine a nice mile back when i got home boy no gravy in the uh the 1950s that might have landed you on the uh, house of un-american activities committee you might have had to go before mccarthy because that is just downright un-american my <laughs> friend no gravy on thanksgiving well, i'll tell you this just to quickly say it uh there's been years where we've done baker's square would uh, catered uh, her Thanksgiving. I literally did a Boston Market one time where I walked in and there was Boston Market on the table, and I was just like, "Come on, Julie, you got to try harder than this." So whatever she's doing now is a great step up from that. Uh, I can deal with a little bit of gravy-free action. <laughs> hey, I it is all good. Gravy-free, bring the gravy. You know, I'm Italian. Gendande, hundred years, good life. Uh, we we get we roll out the antipasta. There is just a, a never-ending cascade of food and entrees that comes out. You wake up for a while. You watch the games. You literally pass out in a food coma, and then you start the cycle all over again. It is why Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. So without further ado, you know, let's take a look back. It's my favorite holiday, but I'm not so sure about the game. So let's start off. We had uh, the first one, game one, Lions 45 over the Eagles 14. Lions amazingly 4-7. and seven. In fact, that's what Philly is on the losing side. Sanchez connected 19 of 27 for a buck 99. Uh, two TDs. Lost a fumble, of course. 
Jordan Matthews, he was the only Eagle to go for over 50 yards receiving, totaled 60 on three catches, got a TD. Everyone was looking for Brent Selleck as a sneaky play with Ertz hurt, but BC finished with just two for 10. However, saved many a fantasy day with the receiving TD. Sprolin with my homie was uh, your PPR leader, as was Sproles. Four catches, 21 yards via the air. Uh, speaking of which, DeMarco Murray led all Philly running backs. 14 carries, 30 yards. Barf, Kenyon Varner barf, also. Barf. <laughs> it wasn't much, but Varner, uh, Kenyon Varner turned out 30 uh, in half the amount of carries, just seven. Uh, so let's focus on the winning side, and then I'll get your thoughts here. Motown. You know, we refer to him as second half staff. It might be second half of the season staff. Uh, he and Cooter and the team have been turning it around. Staff was 27 for 38, 337 yards, and dare I say it, five touchdowns. Main recipient, of course, was Megatron, eight for 93, three touchdowns. Exactly the kind of thing his owners have been hoping for when they draft him. Chances are in the first, early, second round, oh, so long ago. The Golden Domer, Golden Tate, who I liked last week, uh, continued his uptick. Seven catches, 50 yards, and a TD. Uh, my homie from well before the draft, Theo Riddick, finished with five catches, 62, and a TD. Uh, and, you know, I want to remind folks the oddity that is Theo Riddick. He leads all Lions in all formats in fantasy, PPR and standard, and yet he is the least owned, which is quite a quandary. Eric Ebranathan has become too inconsistent. Wonderful opportunity last week against Oakland. Draft an easy touchdown. Uh, this week, just two for 28. He has a DNR. Do not resuscitate until further notice. On the ground, you know what? I think Cooter is doing what? He should have done all season. Uh, way back to the KC game when uh, Lombardi was out and Cooter was in, he started relying more heavily on Amir. Now, Amir shot himself in the foot or maybe the hand. He's got some fumbling problems, but double A, 16 carries, 63 yards, uh, one catch, 12 yards, but usage is a positive sign. The team, of course, is still running back by community. Bell carried it seven times for 25 yards and a touchdown. Also saved his day, two receptions for 57. Next week, the Lions will face Green Bay on a short week. These two North Division foes battle it out on Thursday. And, folks, let's see, and that's why they play the game. So uh, what would you think of game one? I mean, shocking on both sides, really. Yeah, you know, from a fantasy perspective, you're obviously I'm I'm a Calvin Johnson owner in a couple leagues. I, I was holding hope that he's still got a few good years left and it's been a slow start. Uh but he's an explosion factor type of guy who you gotta still keep in the consideration. This year I thought any if he ever slipped out of the second round, it was unbelievable value. Rarely does that happen. But when you get a big game like this, 
it, it reiterates why you went with, we still went with him as a top five wide receiver in drafts uh, back in August or whatnot. Uh, so you need these kind of games. I have him uh, in our Pyro Pro League, and he scored 31 points. You know, it's I feel good about my team winning every single week. If one of my guy comes out and throws a dominant performance like that, uh, it's just a it's a different level. So if they can keep this up, Calvin Johnson, good times moving forward. And if uh, if Mr. Handsome uh, is Duncan Wolf is listening, you should have traded me one of your wealth of running backs. He's got about five or six amazing running backs in that Pyro Pro League that he can only play three of. Should have traded me one of them because I offered you Calvin Johnson straight up for Adrian Peterson, which sounds bad here, but I would have taken any one of his running backs. He has. He had Freeman. He's got an endless, endless wealth. I think he's got all the good running backs, to be honest. So that's that. Well, you know, I'm somewhat of a Taoist pacifist. Uh, be like water. When I come across a rock in my life, I flow around it. I don't crash into it. I, I try not to miss the present by uh, anticipating the future or worrying about the past. But I tell you what, Duncan Wolf, Mr. Good-looking, Freaking Olsen should have given me the win way back. Must have been week two. Uh, offensive penalty. Got it. Touchdown taken away. You know as well as I that win. That W is suspect. There's an asterisk there, my friend. That's the first time that happened to him all year. He's got the most points, and he's he's getting hit by the big big opponent every week. So uh, I'm, I'm I'm hoping he does not make it into the playoffs because he's got a solid team. He's just hit he's hit the the hammer each week. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm holding my breath on that one, and uh, you know, a little time on the couch here. Uh, I think I told you about it. You told me to just step up my game, but last week I was. You know, I'm doing pyro, I'm multitasking, I'm doing all the stuff, trying to reach the pyromaniacs. I specifically picked up Rawls in my high school trash-talking league. This is the biggest trash-talking league out there. And what's going on, fourth quarter of the first games? I'm tweeting, I'm, you know, looking at charts, and I freaking blew it. And I forgot to check. Sits on my bench, 42 points. And now I need to basically win the next two to win the season. And it's uh, literally a couple times a day, my heart aches. <laughs> I, I stop, I stop whatever it is I'm doing. And I'm just like, I can't believe I did that. I tweeted my buddy. I, I, I put Thomas on one middle finger and Rawls on the other middle finger and tweeted my buddy a picture like you son of a gun. Hilarious, dude. Well, I got to be honest. I was at the Bears game, and I'm going to give myself a pat on the back. Uh, having some beers, but we didn't uh, pregame there. We got we showed up basically right before the kickoff. And uh, so I was only a couple beers in, and I remember to think about, oh, let's see, what's going on at the very end of that game? And I saw Beast Mode out, got an alert, uh, threw in Rawls. Woof! Oh, my God. That guy, I mean, now that you got Beast Mode, just – you're, it's, it hurts for last week, but you've got that moving forward for like at least four or five weeks. And this guy is legit. He might be the catalyst that really rejuvenates this offense. Looks like he did that last week. I mean, he's better in beast mode. Yeah, he is by far beast mode. I don't know if it's the age, certainly the abdominal that's been giving him some problems, but uh, Rawl, running Rawls all the way to the second game. We had the Panthers and the Cowboys. Ironically enough, did you see this? Vegas had the boys favored. 
I don't know what's going on there, but Joe Pesci is going to be bringing out his baseball bat to some of the uh, sharps and saying, what the hell are you guys doing? Uh, final score of that one, Panthers remain undefeated, put up 33. Uh, the boys fall to 3-8 and eight as they only manage two touchdowns, 14 points. So 33-14 to 14 against a formidable Carolina D that unfortunately in my high school league, I know people love it when we talk about it, put up 26 points on me. I digress. I digress. Uh, starting with the winners, Carolina, 11 and 0. Cam Newton, man, I love the way that guy plays. You know, I used to be all thinking he was just too cocky. I, I just love to see a kid enjoying what he's doing. He gives the ball to to kids. It, it's cool to see. Newton, 16 for 27, 183. Nary a TD or interception. Yet, of course, as usual. It's his legs that keep his owners happy. Rushed 12 times, 45 yards, and crossed the paint. Uh, Jericho led all wide receivers with 5 for 73. Olsen continued his dominance with 5 for 70. Uh, Funchess, we thought we'd get the step up with Philly Brown, but he's having his rookie struggles, uh, 2 for 19. On the ground, Jay Stu, 21 for 68. On the other side of the ball. Tony Romo went 11 for 21 for just 106 yards, zero TDs, three interceptions. Why so low, you ask? Well, Romo suffered a hairline fracture to his left clavicle. Looks like he's going to miss the remainder of the season. Now, in his absence, Castle went uh, 13 for 19 in the Thanksgiving game after Romo went out for 93 yards and a touchdown. Very accurate. Only missed six, but there's just in my opinion, too many viable streamers to mess around with Castle. Uh, but it's all about the matchups. Dallas does, I, I looked ahead, Dallas does indeed have a good week 14 against Green Bay. In the last five weeks, only six teams have given up more fantasy goo to the position. They are allowing an average of 20.3 fantasy points per game to quarterbacks, but really rough 15 and 16. So if you're looking to stream, Castle's got a possible week 14, but after that, that uh, I might stay away. Um, what did you think about uh, the Dallas basically firing the bullet? Their season is over, and Carolina still undefeated. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a bummer. I love Romo. I need. Uh, I, I love Dez. I love. A lot of these guys and the, the whole unit just takes a big hit when he goes out. He looked terrible. Two of uh, three of the two of those three interceptions went back for a pick six. Um, yeah. That's unbelievable. Scoring so many points as you as you mentioned, but uh, it's a bummer for Dez owners. I think it's a bummer. His head was out of the game. He should have caught a touchdown. I think he should have caught two touchdowns in that game. I don't know what he's doing. His just head's not in the game. That one touchdown wasn't a Norman play. It bounced off his hands. That's on him. And I think there was another touchdown play where all he had to do, instead of jump and try and cut, catch over the, somebody uh, Norman's back, stop and, and get the ball. Come back, stop and get the ball, and you got a touchdown with a beautiful over-the-shoulder pass. Uh, last thing I'll say on this one, Cole Beasley, pick him up now. If he's available and he's out there, I know we're supposed to do shit in order, but uh, – him and him and Cassell obviously have a uh, Castle have, obviously have a uh, a rapport from their second and third team kind of slingings together, and he's gonna just be the benefactor of uh, Matt being back there, just no question about it. And Romo's out for the year; he's done. Yeah, and it, um, 
I don't think Cassell's really known for his arm. So um, that's going to be right in the area of the field that he's going to be working to, some dump-off passes. And Beasley uh, could get an uptick just from the type of route tree he runs, matches, I think, with Castle's game. Um, And what you were saying about Dez, I think it was two weeks ago. I want to say there was about a minute left uh, in the game. Uh, Long bomb. They could have set it up. And Dez, there was no feeling no oomph no go up and get it he just basically let the guy have the interception announcers were even saying well geez des didn't try hard there i don't know what it is with him if you know the writing's on the wall and ergo he's not gonna try which i hate athletes like that but uh, i have not seen that winner spirit that you want to see in a wide receiver in Dez in a couple games. Maybe it's just the way that uh, the wind's blowing down there in Dallas, but uh, yeah, saw it again, that lackluster performance, half-assing it, and uh, as far as I'm concerned, they can just, you know, hire someone to babysit that guy as they go out in the evening because he's not showing me what I want to see from an NFL player. Do your job, man. You know, winning is what it's all about and get it done on the field. Last game, which ended up being the best. I'm not interested on your take here. Just to break it down real quick, Bears uh, barely, barely uh, do it over the pack. I believe it was 17-14, if I'm not mistaken. Might have been 17-14, I believe. At at one point, though, I heard uh, Al Michaels uh, say they played 20 minutes of football and the Bears have only had one first down. And this was like... Uh, nine minutes into the second quarter. Uh, So it wasn't a high-action game, but not too bad. Cutler, 19 for 31, 200 yards and one, and he got it done. Martellus Bennett, scratch, he did not play. Uh, Alshon led wide receivers with seven for 90. Miller got the receiving touchdown from the tight end spot, two catches for only 10 yards. Um... You know, neither running back did much through the air, but a lot of eyes wanted to see how that was going to look. One catch each, less than 10 yards each, but on the ground. Langford had 12 carries for 48 and a touchdown. Forte had 15 carries, but only for 44. Now, interested to hear what you think. Tough call going forward. Before I saw the game, I was of the mind that they were going to pull a Dallas. Last year... With DeMarco Murray, they knew his contract was up, run this guy into the ground, and then move on. So I was of the mind that they were going to, once Forte got back, run him into the ground, save Langford for the future. It didn't exactly play out that way. It looks like they're kind of doing a running back by committee there. Uh, What do you think going forward? Do you have any inklings as to what's going to happen is it going to be a 60 40 split kind of like we saw i think it's a wait and see situation i think it's great for bears uh fans but i I was hoping they would see what they've got there but obviously they know what they've got there so they're gonna they're paying forte a lot of money no one really thinks he's gonna return who knows uh, they might just give him enough of, to keep him around. Where I think Forte's made a lot of money in his career. He's 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 not he's not too far off. So uh, we'll see. I think it's a good situation. I I love what we've got going forward with Langford, and I I'm happy unless we get him at a good uh, good price. You know, a twenty million dollar contract for a few years. Uh, I'm fine seeing Forte uh, go. All right, gun to the head. If you've got Langford. You starting him in fantasy next week? 
I think it's wait and see. If I've got better players, no. If I'm in a rookie league, uh, it's a tough, tough call. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. You know, it's, 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 it's a tough call. It's a situation to be honest. I'm glad I don't have to deal with. I, I don't have either of these guys in any league. I, I would feel safer starting Forte. I just would. They, they, they've got him wrapped up. If he goes down with injury, you know, nothing, no skin off their back. They know what kind of player Langford is. Uh, they don't need to test the waters. To me, if you're going to save one, you're going to save Langford. And if Forte's still good, might as well trot him out there. That I would feel far better starting Forte. Langford, I'd be awful nervous about it. On the Bell other end. Verde. Verde. On the other end, we got Rodgers in the conundrum that is the Green Bay Packers, Rodgers, 22 for 43, 202 yards, one TD, one INT. Now, the conundrum that is Rodgers, the opposite end of the spectrum is Lacey. The dude looked good. 17 for 105 uh, versus Starks, who had 7 for 39. Now, both backs caught four passes, Starks 41 yards, Lacey 34. Uh, but Lacey got in the paint, and that's what counts. He didn't get that was bogus. He flipped it before he crossed it. Shouldn't have been yeah, a touchdown. Yeah, he did. What the shouldn't heck have been is... a touchdown. That's a. I played against Rodgers and Lacey in my big money league, and that's a, that should have been zero points. Instead, they got that touchdown. He flipped it early. He should be penalized. That guy's an idiot. McCarthy hates his guts. Uh, but I, we told people for the last two, three weeks, we got so many questions, second opinions on Pyro Pro and questions on Facebook.com forward slash Pyromaniac. You know, we're on Twitter and Mo mentioned that one earlier. Um, all over the place. He's lacy, lacy. Should I shed him? Should I drop him? He's been dropped. Should I pick him up? Absolutely. They, that team is, but they, the, even with him coming into the fray, the one thing I'll say is they're still losing. Absolutely. They're still absolutely losing. what? I think absolutely yes. Keep this guy around. We were saying pick him up. Take you want him on your team going down. This team obviously needs them to be successful. That passing game is not what everyone thinks it is. They're actually the whole team's not that good. Uh, they're yeah. you know they're 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 not that good this year. It's not not saying they're a bad team and they couldn't be excellent next year. Right now they're not that great. Uh, so I, I'm all for Lacey and he's gonna be, he's great right now. He's back. If you kept him and you drafted him in the first round, finally you're going to get some points out of him. I'm happy for you, to be honest. You're, you, you, it was glad you didn't dump him. I concur. I, I saw some pundits out there, who pundits that I really, really respect. Some of my go-to guys that I really respect were saying to drop him. Couldn't believe they were saying that. What kind of uh, return on investment are you going to get? Who are you going to get for him? you got to hang on to him. If anything, you've got a winning culture in Green Bay, and I think we've seen the effects without Jordy Nelson. There's just no one to step up. It's a rudderless ship. Uh, defenses are able to capitalize on the negative, the vacuum that's happened without Jordy, and they really can key in on Lacey and key in on Cobb. So that has certainly hurt them. But I think when all's said and done, this team's done it before, they're going to do it again. They're going to get things back on track, and Lacey is going to be a big part of it. Lacey said he's got it figured out. Certainly evidence-wise, it looked like it. And I just, end of the day, I'm betting on McCarthy and the, the pack versus betting against them. I think Lacey's going to have better days than he will not. And 
damn right. Stay with them. They're going to use them. Um, going to uh, the other side with uh, Martellus Bennett. He was a late scratch, but uh, what, what do you think about him going forward? And your boy, uh, he had two touchdowns. The um, Miller, or I'm sorry, two catches, but uh, ended up with a touchdown. Not too bad, I thought. Yeah, no, he's he's on fire. He's a bona fide play at this point. He was even last week before this. Uh, he's just getting it done. Cutler's playing his best to ball. We won't beat a dead horse there, but let's, Miller's a big part of it. He obviously likes that security blanket. He's getting the ball, yeah. and Miller's making some great plays. So, amen to the Bears. I'm really excited. You know, earlier in the season on heavy and whatever, we wanted them to lose, get the draft pick. You know what? There's actually a chance for them here. Yeah. I can't believe they didn't win that Broncos game that I went to. Think about if they had won that game, and they should have. Uh, to be honest, they just got started slow, slowly. Um, but I love where the, these Bears are headed. Screw it. Take the wins. It looks like a game like last uh, night, and which is fine, I guess. Cutler's going to be our quarterback for at least a couple more years. We're going to keep him around. Him and Gase are getting along. So everything looks pretty good. This Fox hiring, and let's go. we got to get some new talent in here and get some free agents and draft well. But this team's uh, looking pretty good for, for the future. And I like what's happening in the North Division. And, you know, I've got a bone. I just bone to pick with Clay Matthews. I don't like that cat. I think he's kind of soft, to be honest with you. I've seen him fall down when it looked like he got slapped with a purse. Um, and even on that Miller touchdown, uh, Matthews could have done numerous things. One, could have chipped him as he was drifting across the middle. Could have at least had some communication. Cross, cross, nothing. Could have flipped his hips and drifted after him. Could have done numerous things, did nothing. He had the highest exposure to Miller and yet the least amount of effect. It's just a little bone I've got to pick with Clay Matthews and more power to Zach Miller, but I think Clay Matthews is fairly uh, overrated. And uh, another guy, second long uh, special team return in two weeks, Jeff Janis, uh, looking good there as well. So interesting, interesting things happening in the the Norse division. I don't, it ain't over till the fat lady sings. So I want to, I want to hear what her notes are at the end of the season. Cool. It's making the NFL pretty interesting here in the Midwest. Yes, yes. Now, folks, got just a bit of a pyro promo before we get rolling. Uh, just wanted to say that uh, we are constantly having Valverde's and kicking back and uh, enjoying the beers because, you know, football and brew, let's face it, it goes hand and hand. Now, you know me. I am a centennial man. Founders always been a centennial man. Love it. It's my go-to beer. And I am so happy to announce that we have a premier partnership with Founders Brewing. They are one of our new sponsors. What, what a better combination than a fantasy football company with soul and a craft brewery with soul. Now, you guys know I'm all about centennial. They use Centennial hops. They're hard to come by. They're, they're rather expensive. And it's a 7.2 ABV. That's <laughs> alcohol by volume. It, you heard a little bit of that come up right there. 
7.2. Now, it's super happy, and if it's too happy or too high in alcohol content for your palate, then I've got a brew for you, something you can drink all day. In fact, it's called Founders All Day IPA. It's got an ABV of 4.7, so that's just north of Budweiser. I believe Budweiser is 4.2. It is the beer you've been waiting for. Founders All Day IPA keeps your taste satisfied while keeping your senses sharp. An all-day IPA, all IPA naturally brewed with a complex array of malts, grains, and hops. Balanced for optimal aromatics and a clean finish. The perfect reward for an honest day's work and the ultimate companion to celebrate life's simple pleasures. So here's all you need to do, folks. On our main site, we've got a, a founder's logo. All you got to do is click on it. You can enter your zip code and boom, it's going to show you the magic map of how you can get founders in your hand uh, find it at restaurants and grocery stores near you. Very excited to be uh, partnering up with Founders. Very cool. And can I mention that, can I do one thing? Yeah, I'll give you. I'll have a Valverde. Here you go, my friend. Let's have a little toast. One thing I, that was awesome is the other day I was uh, checking out the Founders site, uh, and they've got they had an awesome article, a little blog post that was Thanksgiving pairing suggestions. And mm. all these different types of food, what kind of beers they have that go to well with turkey or ham or the stuffing. You know, they're saying an all-day IPA is great for the cran uh, with cranberry sauce, and you can use you know these materials and help give some flavors. So really kind of cool stuff that they do uh, on the founder's site that I, I just love it. And I know you you met your your wife as you said before there at at the at the founder. Uh, brewing so it's obviously a big part of your life and uh, we're really excited to have them on board i drink it all the time uh it's just they got some great great beers a lot of my friends love that and uh w wishing them all the best and success so here's to it founders here's to it founders val verde it is a truly it's a truly good family site when i started working there there was no uh, nothing to fill out no uh forums it's like oh you know so-and-so? Oh, right on, brother. Come on in. And that's how it was. It was very family-oriented, and really, uh, they're keeping it in the family and um, helping us out, and we're going to try to help them out, too. So, fantasy football, pyromaniac, and founders brew all going hand-in-hand. Hand. Well, I'm drinking uh, Six Point, uh, which is a great brewery out of Brooklyn. Uh, good, good stuff. They get, they call themselves uh, uh, mad, mad Scientist of Beer. And this is a Sensi 2015 Good Times IPA, 6.3 alcohol. Just, it's it's pretty nice. I love I love what those six-point uh, brews guys are doing. Resin's awesome. Uh, there's a number of good beers that they're doing. Kind of a cool, cool company. Like, yeah, like really interesting uh, uh, cans and stuff. Go get it. Six-point brewing. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And guys, if you got some uh, good tasting brews out your way, let us know about it. Once again, I'm uh, on Twitter, Pyromaniac Mo, all letters. The rest of the crew is uh, Pyromaniac with the one, P-Y-R-O-M-A-N, the number one AC. Let us know what you're drinking because we are always on the hunt for uh, good brews to watch while we cheer on our fantasy teams. So without further ado, a little bit of Huey Lewis and the news and notes. 
Now, just a quick rundown of already got of uh, guys that are already out. Of course, Demarcus, where he's out, that could open up things for the Pats and Blunt coming uh, down the middle. Uh, another defensive blow, the Bills. Kyle Williams, four-time Pro Bowl defensive tackle, is, undergoing, is going to undergo knee surgery. And defensive end Mario Williams is going to be out. So without the main two cogs in their defensive line, might want to keep an eye on the Charkandrick West situation. That's who they draw this week. Uh, Charkandrick West, he's a little banged up, but if indeed he goes, he could have yards aplenty with two of the main defensive linemen out for this week. Um, Darrell Rivas... Not looking quite like he used to, but he did get a concussion. He is going to be out. Atlanta, Freeman, Hankerson, and even the kicker who don't get caught slipping, guys. Matt Bryant, he's out. Without Freeman, Coleman gets the bump, and without Hankerson, I'm liking Tammy. He could be a nice little play as well. We'll talk about him in a bit. Dallas, Romo, of course, is out. Trey Williams out. Uh, that means it's going to be DMC and Rod Smith technically number two on the depth chart, but it's looking like Turbin's going to get more of the carries. Now, you know, we, we all know what Turbin is, and let me tell you, Mr. Turbin, you, sir, are no Jack Kennedy. Uh, Indy, Luck, Dorsett, of course, those guys are out. No surprise there. Paul Richardson and Lynch ruled out. I got a sneaky play on Seattle for later. Uh, Titans, McCluster. Those guys have all been ruled out. Take them out of your lineups. Make your adjustments. Questionable guys. Zona. Uh, everybody's been watching the three Zona wide receivers. Now, Fitzgerald and John Brown, literally within hours. This is Friday, uh, November 27th. Within hours, Fitzgerald John Brown just had their status upgraded. So they are probable, but of course, Floyd still questionable, not looking good. We can talk about some Nelson down the line, but uh, keep an eye on the wide receivers for Zona. Cleveland wide receivers, Hawkins and Gabriel, both currently questionable. Um, this could be interesting as well if the Browns are short. Um, it's going to be interesting because I don't believe, I believe McCown is going to go with what he knows best. And what he knows best is probably going to be either Barnage or maybe Benjamin. But uh, Barnage's best game of the year was with Mr. J. McCown. Uh, Ten targets, eight receptions. That was his most of the year. 139 yards, also most of the year. One tight uh, I'm sorry, one touchdown. So I think Barnage, if they do have Hawkins and Gabriel out, Barnage could have a nice game. Kansas City, Charkandrick West, you got to keep an eye on him. Uh, Kelsey tweaked his ankle in practice. He's another one to keep an eye on. Now keep an eye as well if you are a Pyro Pro. Val and I are um, giving you the news feeds Sunday morning to let you know who's officially in and out. Miami, Jarvis Landry. He was limited Thursday, unable to practice Friday. Guys, you know me. I do not like it when they're going the wrong way. Uh, rarely is this a good sign. This is a 1 o'clock game uh, playing at the Jets. Jets will be without Revis. Uh, you, now, most fight, folks might want to look to Richard Matthews for an increase in performance. But... 
The other two cornerbacks for the Jets, Buster Screen and Antonio Cromartie, consistently rank in the top, or I'm sorry, the bottom 25 top for most fantasy points allowed. So while Cromartie has seen his skills erode as of late, Buster Screen is continually one of the worst. So with all the damage to the secondary there, and with Landry being questionable, Richard could definitely be a good play, but I'm looking to Stills. Kenny Stills, the last time they played, caught five of eight targets for 81 yards and a touchdown. Let me say it again. Eight targets, five catches, 81 and a touch. Last time they played, plus Landry is banged up. So really, if you're looking for kind of a sneaky play, as opposed to going with Matthews, I really think it could be a bit of a sneaky, sneaky stills play this weekend. Antonio Cromartie has uh, surrendered six touchdowns all on his own. He's going to be going up against stills. Uh, when you tally the quarterback ranking of all gunslingers when they're throwing towards Cromartie, they average almost 131 QBR. Uh, New England with a tough call. They kick off at 8.30 on Sunday night against Denver. Amendola, Keyshawn Martin, both questionable. Keep your eyes peeled there. St. Louis, Case Keenum. I tweeted it last week. The dude is the definition of volatile. Uh, I believe it's like 11 games. He's only had over one where he's completed more than 60% of his passes, but he is indeed questionable. I love playing me a defense against St. Louis. We will get there. Last but not least, Tampa is AJS. Austin Safarian Jenkins ever anything but doubtful, but yep, doubtful once again. Now, just a couple other little quick notes. Did you see two weeks ago, D-Rex, where uh, Doomerville – uh, at the end of the game, two weeks ago, got called for the face mask right at the end. It led to an untimed down. Jacksonville was able to kick a field goal and win. So here's my proposal. Just like a, pulling a Roy Munson, I think henceforth, if, if you screw up something, you should, man, you doomerville that one, you dumb schmuck. That's what I think it should be. Cause Fair enough. Good Lord, kid. Get it together, boy. You're a professional, Doomerville. That one really hurt. I watched the play, and I was just like, whoa, I just lost this game. So it's a good one. I'll we'll, I'll do my best to help you catch it on, and we'll footnote your the existence starting with your very self. You need the credit there. I like it. I got the goo rolling, uh, RB by community, and now we're getting the Doomervilles. And uh, uh, one other little thing. The drops. We are talking new drop city. My goodness, D-Rex. What is happening in the NFL? I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but these are paid National Football League players, right? They, they basically go out in a field and they catch footballs, right? It's gone. I mean, Travis Benjamin, Devontae Adams, Mike Evans, Kyle Rudolph, James Jones twice, Dez uh, even fumbles, Abdullah, Lacey, Martavis, Bryant, just boneheaded moves. I, I, I can't remember seeing as many drops as of late. And sometimes if you're just chasing a box score, you might look at Devontae Adams or Mike Evans and say, oh, yeah, you know, not bad, 10. But really, more than 50% of the balls are hitting the ground, not in their arms. It's just incredible the amount of drops they've had as of late. Well, it's just opening up the, the game more to the, run, the, the pass-receiving running back. 
uh, like that you love so much and we're touting all offseason those players like uh, Bernard and uh, you know your Devontas and uh, so I've never been that type of guy until this year I realized the value of a third down back uh, but yeah you know I, I think it just when you look at it a lot of these guys dropping way too many balls, and it opens up opportunities for tight end position. It opens up more opportunities for offenses wanting to have their uh, quarterbacks run a little bit more. Um, anyway, I think uh, in general, I'm blown away about by, by how many drops I see, and uh, it's really windy here. So if there's like a little hiss, it's uh, that's my my uh, door is getting slammed with wind. Uh, but yeah, that's I don't know. Catch the friggin' ball. You look at guys like uh, Nuke Hopkins. Yep. He's making the plays. You, it's just Julio Jones, target machine. Um, yep. I don't know. It's just it it it's kind of hurts when you see guys dropping passes like this. Figure it out. No, You're a professional pass worse. catcher. Nothing worse than the pit of your stomach when you need some points and a guy drops it. Uh, Denver uh, apparently. Denver, of course, uh, says they've got Gronk figured out the triple team they're bringing them. Now, if that indeed happens, one, I don't think you can top Gronk, but two, I'm liking me some LaFell on the Denver end. Emmanuel, Owen D, and Virgil all upgraded to probable. They've been in and out of practice reports. No sweating them, but uh, it's going to be interesting to see. They they came out and said they've got Gronk figured out. They've got the plan. They know what they're going to do. Uh, I just don't see it happening, and if indeed it does, I think they switch right over to LaFell and keep on keeping on. Some other notes, games of interest. What do you think about uh, the Falcons-Vikings matchup that's coming up? I'm in, I'm into it. I think there's a lot to be uh, a lot of information and a lot of uh, interesting fantasy relevant stuff happening there. Um, you know, Matt Ryan's looks terrible with the eye test, uh, you know, but he's going up in all honesty, uh, you know, he's going up against a tough matchup. Now you look on the other side and, and, and you know, Bridgewater is, it's not a high caliber guy. It's not, he's, he's, he's not going to have a huge game. Now Devonta Freeman, he's out. Tevin Coleman. I like I like what can happen there. They got to give him the volume. Uh, I don't think he has this remarkable Devonta Freeman type of rebound. But uh, same time, you got the Falcons. They're allowing kind of uh, a lot uh, top end. I think six most fantasy points, about twenty two a game or so to the running back position. Uh, but they're doing a good job where they're stopping hundred yard rushers. So Adrian Peterson's going to score, but it's probably it seems like they are able to keep uh, runners to a, a low. Uh, anyway. Julio Jones, beast, you you want to fire it up. And uh, in my opinion, uh, Kyle Rudolph's coming off his best game, so you're high on him there. And the last thing I'll say is Diggs. I think he's he's a sit. I think Diggs is a sit. I think it's going to be a, a hard situation for him. The Falcons are the second toughest against wide receivers in fantasy. And, you know, Diggs is averaging, a lot. I think, five points a game over the last three. Before that, I think he was averaging like 15 points. There's a trend that I don't think changes at all this week with this given situation uh, against Atlanta, who are strong against the wide receiver. And I'm fired up to watch this game. I think this is uh, sometimes when we do the heavy, we, we really m- focus in on games that we kind of want to breeze through. 
this won't be one of them, and neither will be the other game that I'm kind of gonna kind of dive into a little bit. But just so we go under two hours on the show, we're gonna we're gonna gotcha. try and we're gonna try and move it th- through these pieces uh, as faster than our lumbering talkative well, selves I, I, usually would. I'm liking what you're saying. Atlanta against wide receivers, they are tight uh, according to Football Outsiders against wide receiver number one. They rank seven, number two, eleven, number three. They rank number five, but against running backs. Atlanta ranks 31st against running backs, and in fact, nobody is allowing more yards per game uh, to opposing running backs, according to football outsiders, uh, than Atlanta. So Minnesota could have uh, a a nice, tasty little matchup there. So that's going to be an interesting one, too. Totally depends on game script. Vikings try to shut it down. Atlanta tries to run it up. Uh, So it'll be interesting as to which way that one goes. Uh, Just a couple other quick notes uh, before we move on to some more in-depth look. I think Oakland, the loss of Alden Smith, I think that is going to hurt them throughout the season. I think quarterbacks are going to get a bump not having Alden Smith right in their face. So uh, that's something that's going to get lost. You're not going to see it in the numbers, but if you got a quarterback going against Oakland, I think that's going to put you in the green already just because Smith is not there. Uh, Philly going forward, uh, their cornerback, Nolan Carroll, broke his right ankle. Eric Rowe came in and was basically eaten alive like some plane had crashed in the Andes, a bunch of soccer players, and there was nothing but tennis shoes and a a Wilson ball left because Eric Rowe was eaten alive. And if Nolan Carroll can't get back Philly, uh, things might just get worse for them going forward. Uh, Last but not least, um, two things here. I'll kick it to you. Tennessee, Kendall Wright. He got in a full practice Thursday and Friday. That's today, November 27th. Looks like he's going to play in week 12. First action he's seen since week eight. I am reticent. I'm hesitant. I've seen a lot of these guys come back and stumble, get the rust knocked off him. Glad to see he's back, but I'm waiting before I'm plugging him in anywhere. Um, any other matchups uh, that that you're liking? What about you know uh, the Giants the versus the Redskins? What do you think about that one? I think obviously you've got uh, ODB's big time play. He torched Washington last year big time. Uh, three touchdown game went for 143 yards, uh, and he actually had a pretty good game earlier this year on him as well. So ODB so. ODB is going to fire it up, uh, no question about it. In this game, he's going to light light it up. He's he's pretty much I think the number one rated uh, wide receiver uh, for dogs got him number two. He's got DeAndre Hopkins number uh, one in his player rankings for wide receivers for week twelve. But yeah, I love what you're doing. Washington's these games are going to be high scoring and ODB is is a target machine. He's a gamer. Uh, he's he's as consistent as of a force at any position in fantasy football as there currently is right now. I love him moving forward as well. I think he's a guy that's on my radar for first-round pick in next year's draft if I'm at the end of the round. I've seen a lot of different numbers from Vegas, but uh, that is one of the higher ones of the week. Uh, just looking real quick at number fire, they've got the over-under at 47 
Um, one, definitely one of the higher ones. I'm seeing one that's higher than that, but a real close game. Game script should call for lots of passing, lots of points in that one. I love looking at uh, the Vegas game scripts. We'll talk about that. Um, let me ask you. Matt Jones, I think you and I have both kind of been in love with him a little bit. I drafted him in the Pyro League. He's a he's a the uh, typical boomer bust guy. Alf currently has some bruised ribs, although it's sounding better. He uh, has progressed his status as the week has gone on. I think he's just sitting at probable right now. He got in a full practice Wednesday, um, but it, he he talked about playing through the pain. Talked about playing through the pain, so it is certainly there. Now, all it takes, we've seen Devontae Adams, all it takes is a, a tweak, a little tiny thing to get you out of there. Now, Alf's a tough guy, but boy, I like what I see from Jones. I just don't see the consistency. Would you be care, uh, comfortable playing Jones this week? It depends what else I have, but you're, you're nervous. Dog's got him ranked number 28. That's never a good sign. I always like uh, someone to be in the top 20, uh, but he's a, like you said, boomer bust. He's the kind of guy yep. that can make a, a play happen and, and and just defy any player rankings that you have for a guy. And he's done it already uh, so far this, this year, his first year in the uh, league. Uh, he's got a lot of upside, but he could really shit the bed for you too. Yeah. He's he's a tricky one. Uh, I, w- I was really hoping that the injury, not that I want anybody injured, I want all happy souls here on earth, but I was really hoping that uh, Alf might take a little while to linger and nurse back to health, but that's just one of the ones I might have to roll the dice on because, gosh, that kid, he can, he can bust it. He can take it to the house at any second, and then, of course, he can have those games that he gets you, you know, two points. It, it's a big gamble with him. I like him. Love him in Dynasty going forward, but boy, uh, it, it's a high-scoring affair according to Vegas, so I'd say roll with it, but I say that with a lot of hesitancy and my fingers are crossed. Let's move on to some flex appeal. Let me do say one thing about that operation. Cousins, Bring the ruckus. Cousins is a beast play this week. Don't be scared yes, on yes. that at all. Do not be scared to start Cousins. Think about the numbers that that New York Giants have given up to uh, some quarterbacks. Uh, three TDs against uh, Winston with 317 yards. You also had uh, New Orleans, that huge scoring, highest scoring game ever, where you had Breeze doing uh, 324 yards on you and four TDs. Uh, that that is that is the kind of action that that Cousins is facing. Do you like that? Start him. The guys already put up some huge numbers this season, elite numbers for the position. So I just would never be scared about that side of uh, that side of things. So I'm thinking for I'm thinking 35 plus game point game out of Cousins. Yeah, I hear uh, lots of pundits looking at Cousins. The game script is definitely there. We've seen it from him. Uh, big interdivisional rivalry game. Uh, we could definitely, definitely see it again. Flex appeal. These are cats that we're thinking. You know, there's so many waiver wires, or I'm sorry, there's so many leagues out there, and it's just too hard to put our finger on it, but... 
from looking at NFL fantasy, these guys are mainly available in at least 50% of leagues or more. So a guy I'm thinking that you can run out there right now, plug in, grab off the waiver wire and plug in, might be an Antonio Andrews. He is available in over 70% of leagues. Now, in the last five games, the dude has double-digit carries every time and has averaged four yards a carry in four of those five games. They play Oakland this week, and then they've got Jacksonville next week. Both of these are top five easiest defenses for opposing running backs to face. Plus, they're going to be without their number two stringer, McCluster. So lots of opportunity for Andrews. He's been doing good lately, and he's got two cake matchups in a row. 70% available. I think you can go out and plug him in if you've got a real question at running back coming up. My wide receiver guy that I think you can go out and grab... I liked him earlier in the week. I heard some news, but Stevie Johnson, Stevie, we've been talking about this cat all year, but uh, available in 80% of leagues, uh, that's NFL leagues. Chargers are without Keenan Allen, of course, and Michael Floyd did not look as though he was going to play, but now it appears he is going to play. He's certainly far far from 100%. He's one of those cases that I could easily see get tweaked, get aggravated, uh, be on a snap count. So I'm really liking Stevie Johnson. The tight ends, although they are probable, they've been banged up as late. Melvin's got nothing going. Uh, the Chargers need an oomph and Stevie can get it done. Um, they've got Jacksonville with an over-under of 46.56, that's a high-scoring game, and you know Rivers can get that done. Uh, Jags are favored, so the game script should see plenty of passing coming from the Chargers. I like that game script when I'm picking up a guy such as Stevie. In the last five games, the Jags have allowed nine different wide receivers to amass double-digit fantasy points. Nine in the last five games. Uh, as I said, it's a high over-under, uh, 46.5, a little over that. Lots of points to be had, and I think Stevie could get in on it. My last one, Robert Woods. Uh, last two weeks actually has more targets than Sammy Watkins. I kid you not. Last two weeks, Robert Woods more targets than Sammy. This dude's available in 90% of leagues, so I know you can go out and get him. Uh, the Bills face Kansas City, and Lord have mercy, do they spread it for opposing wide receivers. On the season, Kansas City is basically tied for first in PPR formats for the most points allowed to opposing wide receivers on a per-game basis, 43.7. Kansas City has allowed 100 yards or a touchdown to a wide receiver in every single game except one. On the season, they've allowed nearly 2,000 yards to opposing wide receivers and 14 total touchdowns to the position. Robert Woods, more targets lately than Watkins, going up against a porous Kansas City defense. They do have the rookie, who is really solid in contention for defensive rookie of the year, He's going up against Sammy. He's not going to be on Woods, so I think it could be a solid play right there. 
Uh, D-Rex, you got any guys that you might be able to go out to the waiver wires and plug and play? A little bit of a uh, flex appeal for you? Yeah, I don't know about the numbers. Uh, next uh, week I'll, I'll check out. But Deshaun Jackson, if he's available, I think, um, you know, the ceiling for him is, is pretty high, especially if you're in high reward, long touchdown type of leagues. Uh, can he be a, a headache potentially because of Jameson Crowder? Yes. Uh, that guy's a, a target machine. Uh, so you just know that Deshaun Jackson needs to get big, big plays, get more done with less. Where Crowder is probably at a target level and a, and a volume level is going to be a bit better. Garcon's falling off the map and uh, Reed's a steady force too. But that friggin' guy gets in, injured every friggin' game. He's so if this guy had zero injuries since he came in the league, he'd literally be like top three greatest tight ends of all time probably, but he can't stay healthy. And it's a bummer because he's an elite talent. So I, 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 those, those are, there's a lot of opportunities to, uh, obviously I'm talking about the whole team there, uh, but I like Deshaun Jackson and I like that passing game going forward. Got to find that needle in the, in the, in the rough. Yeah. Deshaun, depending on where you're playing is available in about 30. Um, Travis uh, Benjamin. What do you think about him? I mean, I think I love him with, uh, you know, Josh McCown back in the mix. It looks like mm-hmm. it looks like uh, that's going to be as long as McCown's healthy, which who knows, uh, it's going to be his show. They're going to they're sending a message to Johnny Party Boy, dumbass. And I got to love Benjamin. So he's a, he's a high volume catch kind of guy. He's got great hands. One of those guys that hasn't drop too many passes and is able to make the huge play. So it hasn't been what it was the starting four or five weeks of the season for him of late, but maybe he can uh, bottle that up and close the season out on a high note for owners. Yeah, he's available in about 35%, and I'm going to talk about his quarterback here uh, coming up. Now, looking for some PPR prowess, you got to know your league, of course. Right, and I'm I'm still looking at guys that are available to you, so the vast majority of you should be able to run to the waiver wire, grab them, and keep in mind it's PPR, so you got to think about it in a different way. Uh, my PPR prowess pick is Nate Washington. He is unbelievably available in 90% of NFL fantasy leagues. Now he's of course number two on the depth chart after Nuke. Houston has the highest implied. Point total of the week at nearly 29. Texans are home, which I love, to New Orleans. Washington will draw my favorite, Brandon Browner. You know him, you love him. I've said him before. Uh, I talk about him nearly every week. I'm always referencing PFF and their cornerback grades. He is consistently nearly Every single week at the bottom, and indeed dead last. He has given up nearly 600 yards himself. He's responsible for 600 yards given up to other wide receivers. When quarterbacks throw at him, they combine for a QBR of (laughs) 106.6. There have been seven games where Nate Washington has played more than 15 offensive snaps. And in those seven, he has 61 targets. Just in case you're wondering, 
3,800 on DraftKings. So love him. He's available in 90% of leagues. I know he's not nuke, but he's going up against probably the worst, at least for sure the bottom three <laughs> cornerbacks of all time, at least this year. And he's just getting too many targets not to produce PPR. I love me some Washington this week. It's awesome. That guy's ageless. Ageless, much like I am, my friend, much like I am, a font of knowledge. Except the only thing is, my body's falling apart. <laughs> you're in a you're in an, a neck brace right now. It is the greatest thing. We won't, won't, don't need to talk about it, but uh, Mo is in a neck brace. He's got black and uh, blue bruises all over his hips. He's had a rough go at it. His body is, is, is in pain right now. So you're doing a great podcast with all those painkillers you're on. Pyromaniacs, I am here for you, my friends. And yeah, literally, I wrote this into my thing. I was doing notes yesterday because you know, I watch the games and I, I do some notes. I'm not kidding you. Like, Okay, so I, you know, I went to the doctor and he gave me some muscle relaxers. My back was flaring up. I mean, you should see, folks, you should really see my body. I've got, it's really rough. I, I took the worst spill ever. I threw on my back. I threw out my neck. Uh, I got a huge gash in my leg. So went to the doc, and I don't know if it was the tryptophan, uh, the just the glamour and the warm feeling you get from having the turkey legs, but uh, I'm I'm taking my notes, and this morning I kid you not, I go back to look at my notes, and it says something to the effect that Jay Cutler only has achieved one first down in 20 minutes of play, but then suddenly, and then all of a sudden I just write yellow with like a 500 W's, like yellow. As though all of a sudden I've just lost consciousness and then decided to expand on the color yellow for, you know, a good 20 minutes. So, Were you listening to the song uh, Yellow by Coldplay? You know, I uh, was doing my best Hunter S. Thompson impersonation, and I was just going where the story took me, man. I was that involved. I love it. That inside the story. I just wanted to see what I could bring back for the good folks. So as Sid Barrett said... Maybe I've just gone fishing. <laughs> anyway, uh, yes, bringing it uh, home for the pyromaniacs with my neck brace and all. Nice work, but, dude. Thank you, thank you. My guy, uh, my guy, quickly do a Valverde. There you go. I should crack one. My guy is gonna be just a quick one, and it's a real hit or miss type of uh, knee jerk reaction. But my PPR guy, I think Brandon LaFell um, is gonna get lit up with uh, looks. Hopefully he can corral them in. I, I just don't trust, and I don't think Brady does either, kind of the cast of characters. I think Keyshawn Martin's going to be a great play if he ever gets healthy and comes back in the situation because he's going to be the guy, as Dog has said on the heavy, that's really going to be the one to replace uh, all that great action that they're missing now with Edelman with the broken foot. Uh, who knows? Hopefully, maybe Amendola is healthier than I give him credit for, but he's it, it doesn't look good when he's banged up at all. No, I love the uh, Brandon LaFell play, especially if they are going three on Gronk. That's going to leave LaFell open downfield, and I think that could be a, a great call. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put him in some of my uh, DFS plays for sure. Valverde. Looking at a stream team now, guys, I have survived some heavy storms with uh, – 
Uh, Costas Furberger going down. I've streamed. I am keep hope alive. I am keeping it alive, and I got some streaming options for you at quarterback. Bring it to me, man. McCown at home. Boom. Check that off the list. I love quarterbacks that are going at home. He's going up against Baltimore. He costs if and again when we talk about streams and we talk about our DFS picks, they're kind of interchangeable. But if you're going to use them on DFS on DraftKings, he's only five thousand. Baltimore on the season is third for most fantasy points surrendered to opposing wide receivers on a per game basis. Baltimore has two cornerbacks rated in the bottom 22, according to PFF, and that's who McCown can pick off of. McCown faced them earlier this season already and had the best game of the year. He threw 457 yards and five touchdowns. One of them was rushing. In games where he has amassed double-digit attempts, he has put up multiple touchdowns in every single game but one. And man, I'm telling you, I don't don't know exactly what you folks expect from a streamer, but if you can get 15, 16, 17 points, that's what you're shooting for. If you can get two touchdowns and 250 yards, you are happy that is great. I'm talking about a streamer that the last time he played this team, Passed five touchdowns and 457 yards, and one of his touchdowns was rushing. I'm talking about McCown. He's 5,000 on DK, and he is available in well over 50% of leagues. Give me McCown all day long. Who do you like, more? Kind of, do you like more, Cousins or McCown? With the game history and with the shape of Baltimore, I think the towel has been tossed in. They haven't had a good wide uh, secondary crew in Akun's age. Now they're starting second string running back, second string quarterback. I don't even know what string wide receiver they're on. Uh, I I think they've tossed in the towel. I think McCown is going to look to take advantage. And if you're looking at simply how it's gone in the past, if you're looking at matchups, which I think – can really be quite telling. McCown's my man. That's who I'm going with. I'm starting either a McCown or a, a, a Cousins. I'm going for it. I'm going for it. Let's do this. Got to take a chance. Roll the shit. I loved Cousins. I, I played him the other week when he was the highest scorer, and that was just basically, I think that was up against uh, New Orleans. I just think McCown and the shape of, this is narrative street here. I, I, it's not facts to back it up, but the shape <laughs> of what Baltimore is going through is horrific. And the fact he's done it before, I mean, 457 yards and five touchdowns against him this year, that seals the deal for me. But, uh, you got another guy there. Um, Hoyer. Yeah. I like, what do you think about Hoyer? I mean, he's back playing this week and I like him. He's got the, uh, all the, t- as Doug would say, the talent of the gods around him. Um, so I, I, I'm digging a Hoyer, getting him getting back in the mix. I think he's a great streamer um, at the position. You know, I just think it's uh, it's, it's going to be a good time for him. But as we're saying and showing on this podcast alone, there are always three to five pretty solid choices. I even like throwing Tannehill in the mix. You know, he's going up against what used to be everyone said the Jets were impossible to start, but well now Revis Island's out 
And he yep. they were they were giving it up with him there. Uh, Cromartie hasn't been himself. It's it, it, it was a hot start, but they're kind of hitting a wall. It seems like uh, their defense at least. So uh, yeah, I like Tannehill this week. Tannehill scares me a little bit, just the inconsistency. But I do think Stills could have a really sneaky game this week. Cool. Could have a sneaky game, and uh, I'm going to get back to Hoyer because I think there's he could be a gem, a, a bit of a diamond in the rough, but I, I still like my McCown call. Cool. Um, let's uh, continue with streaming. Obviously, you can't just stream quarterback, but there's all sorts of positions, so we gave you a few. We talked McCown. We talked up Hoyer, uh, even Tannehill. I'm going to go back to Hoyer and talk him up a little bit more. But the tight end position, I'm going to start off with Heath Miller. Uh, Now, in DFS, I think he is a GPP play. I'm not going to play Heath in cash. If you haven't heard my spiel on this, I will continue to do it. But essentially, just the, the nugget of it all, if you're playing GPP with, you know, X thousand number of people you got to go contrarian you got to differentiate yourself a bit i don't mean every single position but i mean a bit uh going cash games you want to get the best of the best so heath miller he's going to be a gpp he's going to be a contrarian play he's uh he's great when teamed up with big with big ben aka acostas for burger um faces seattle this week now this may surprise many but seattle gives up the third most ppr points per game to the position legion of boom can be got from the tight end spot they've given up seven touchdowns to tight ends nearly six catches per game to the position and heath miller is available in over 60 percent of leagues i think he's a decent stream at the tight end spot uh plug him and play um, I think you're going to be pretty happy. Uh, Big Ben can fall back on him in Seattle. They just seems to have a hole for opposing tight ends. Um, my stream defensive special teams play. This one, I, I got a golden gem if you're willing to pay for it in DFS. I'm going to say this one, D-Rex. What do you think here? Cleveland, Cleveland, my DST play. They're available in 95% of leagues. They only cost minimum 2,000 on DraftKings. Okay, there's certain things you're looking for when you're streaming a defense. One, you want them to be at home. Check. At 41 points, this is the lowest over-under of the week. Check. They're playing Baltimore, and you want a quarterback that is liable to turn it over. Baltimore, of course, is Flacco's out, so they're on their second-string quarterback who has not gelled with the team. Their two main receivers, Perriman, who I'm not even sure really counts, and, of course, Steve Smith, out. Forsett, out. They're a team in disarray. Um, uh, three and seven on the year. Five games out of first in the AFC North behind Cincy. There's no reason for these cats to fight. I think Cleveland could be a sneaky play just because they're at home, they're super cheap, and who knows what this Baltimore offense is going to look like. They're starting third, 
four stringers, guys we haven't even seen, and not many points to be had. 41 is the over-under. I think it could be a sneaky little stream play, but uh, it's a gamble. That's for sure. It's a gamble. Nice, buddy. Let's fire it up. I, I, I I like what you're up to. All right, let's move on to a two-week, two-early, two-pickup, as I would like to say, two-cubed. So these are guys we're going to talk about now that you will want to grab today because after week 12, it's going to be too late. They're going to shine. People are going to realize Pyromaniac is like the Nostradamus of the fantasy football world, but you're going to want to grab them now. Here we go. Week 13. So we're in week 12, talking next week. Tampa Bay faces Atlanta. Sims, the running back for Tampa, second string. He's available in 40% of leagues. So it's a little smaller than I'm typically shooting for. I'm shooting for 50. But Sims could have a great coming out day. Remember just two weeks ago, and unfortunately we had some technical difficulties, but I liked the Bradshaw play against Atlanta. Why? Because Atlanta gives it up to backs out of the backfield. Certainly that can be Sims. Atlanta has allowed 81 receptions to running backs coming out of the backfield. That's 15 more receptions than the next closest team. And this is right up Sims Alley. So certainly PPR, this is a play. If you're not in a full PPR, you might not want to go with this. But PPR, this is a great play because Tampa just lets guys get it out of the backfield. Those little wheel routes, their outside linebackers get snuck in. They get pulled in every time. And that um, running back who chips them, pretends to block, slides off, and he seems to get that wheel route every single time. Um, Guys like Bradshaw, Drone, McCluster, Matt Jones, Chris Thompson, Polk, Dunbar, Vereen, Ryan Matthews, Sproles, all of these guys have put up double-digit days against Atlanta, and predominantly it was done through the air exactly what Sims can do. Sims sees nearly eight attempts per game and nearly four targets. We're talking double-digit touches. Sims could be a very nice play week 13 against Tampa. That's one week from this weekend. Nice. I agree. Great call. I mean, you've, like I said earlier in the show, you've opened my uh, mind to the third down back. Uh, you and Stag Party have been on board, and for a year and a half, I've been like, dude, no, why do you want a third down back? Uh, just uh, my, my outlook on that has completely changed. These third down backs are getting the, tar- the touches, and they're just, you're almost guaranteed to have more of a consistent flow of, of targets, touches, and looks as being a pass catching running back right now than uh, just being a straight out runner. Because sometimes you get the carries, and you, but you know you're getting those, uh, those, those looks, those catches, those receptions. Well, and it's certainly matchup dependent, right? Like, I mean, Atlanta last week with uh, the Indy with Bradshaw. Atlanta just has a weakness for this spot. And Bradshaw, hey, it's what he's known for, but he hasn't been a big play this year. And look what he did. Sims has really been coming on. He's really been getting a share of the action. And I think he can totally take advantage of what Atlanta cannot cover backs out of the backfield. Another guy I'm liking in two-week, too early to pick up, 
And this may be someone you and I were talking about, but uh, J.J. Nelson. Yeah, no, I think, yeah. I mean, you saw what he did on uh, on the game the other night. Uh, had his coming out party, fastest wide receiver in the draft. And it seems like, while I, I love uh, John Brown, it seems like they want to use him more and he's a skilled enough route runner. They don't want him to be just the guy that stretches the field. So you sit here and you look at J.J. Nelson, a speed guy, take the top off of the safeties and the defenses. He's going to get a lot of opportunities. And Carson Palmer is is savvy enough to stay in long enough not to get totally plowed, but he's got balls enough to really stand in there so the play can unfold. And he can he can fire it up deep. His deep game is top three, top five. Uh, for quarterbacks, for fantasy owners, on uh, on making plays on the field with his arm. Yeah, and you know what? I am uh, not above telling folks. Last week, you know, we had some technical difficulties, but I thought Jerron Brown, he was a great, what you're talking about, Willis, he was uh, a cheap play, and a lot of people were on Jerron Brown. They, they truly were, and it was not Jerron. It was J.J. Nelson. Now, if you go back and look at the last two games, Nelson, 58 offensive snap, Jaron Brown, 33. Nelson's getting the play. Jaron Brown is not. Nelson, last two games, seven catches from 10 targets, 212 receiving yards and a touchdown. Now, although the cat's small, and I mean small, his 40 time was clocked at 4.28. He is liquid smoke. If they call John Brown smoke, J.J. Nelson is liquid smoke. This dude can float. And look at the situation. They got three wide receivers with smoke, with Floyd, with Fitz. They're, they're, they're banged up. Now, two of them got upgraded to probable, but certainly there is a soft tissue injury lingering with John Brown. And Malcolm or um, Michael Floyd, God love him, Notre Dameer. There's something going on there. He may not even play, and if he does, certainly going to be on a snap count. Uh, Carson Palmer is good enough to spread that thing around. Nobody's going to be eyeing J.J. Nelson, and I think he could be a very sneaky, sneaky play if you've got the room for it. You know, Carson is matchup proof. Uh, I want a piece of this offense. J.J. Nelson could be it. So keep your eyes on the waiver report. Uh, hey, list, join up for Pyro Pro. I will be tweeting out. Um, no, nah, I shouldn't even say tweeting. I will be uploading news feeds, as does Valverde. So all you cats have to do is plug in your players, kick back, crack open a Valverde, make some nachos, and then all the info gets sent to you. You can play with your kids. You can... Uh, do some cool coloring in the coloring books. We don't have lives. Let us deliver the info to you. You kick back and reap the rewards. One other guy I've got for you. Too weak, too early, too pick up. All right. I realize this kid from Michigan does not have the greatest hands. I realize this kid from Michigan had a great opportunity just this last week as he moved into the starting role. However, Devin Funchess, he's coming off a rough, rough week. Even though he was moved ahead because uh, Philly Brown was hurt, only caught two of four for 19. Dallas, tough D. Now, next week, they're going to face New Orleans. Dallas is a tough 
So I'm not saying this week. This is the two-week too early pickup, two cubed. Next week, they play New Orleans, and New Orleans can give it up like a girl on prom night. Ain't no team going to get you well, get you feeling good if you're a wide receiver who's struggling like the Saints in the past five weeks. No other team is giving up more fantasy points to opposing wide receivers than the New Orleans Saints. The Saints currently have five guys that are listed as questionable. Now, again, this is going forward. This is not this week, but I might, if I can afford it, stash of funches because New Orleans, I love playing me wide receivers against New Orleans. And you've seen it l recently. This is another narrative street. It's not uh, backed up by stats, but you've seen it. You've seen Cam throw to Funches and this camaraderie they have and the excitement Cam has when Funches gets it. I think there's something starting to blossom there. There's not much else for him to go to, and I think it could be a very lucrative matchup for Funches, not this week, uh, but the week after. I completely, I completely agree. I think uh, I've been giving a hard time because of our, our guy David T., and I know, his, uh, I know, but but he's in a great situation, and and it seems like he wants to get it done. So, um, you know, we'll see. The uh, you know, I I, I hope the I wish the guy the best, and uh, I'm trying to look at his. Uh, the, the one thing I will say is from fantasy playoffs weeks 14 through 16 on Dogmatica's uh, strength of schedule that he redid probably it's probably about two weeks ago, um, two and a half weeks ago. He has Carolina as 30th, so they have the third hardest schedule for wide receivers uh, at the end of the season. So something to consider uh, when you're thinking about him. I agree with you on that matchup for the uh, the Saints. Get him in for yep. that. Uh, but he's got a tough schedule in the in, in the playoffs. And then I'll, yep. I'll quickly just say one thing. I'll put out a big picture thing. Uh, strength of schedule in fantasy playoffs weeks 14 to 16 uh, for tight ends. Carolina's got the best schedule. It helps Olsen, obviously. Jacksonville's got the second best one. So a guy that I'd be looking at too early to uh, – if you could get a, a, a Orange Julius Thomas uh, in a trade, he's available. Uh, this is a guy that's got a nice schedule down the stretch. Same thing goes for a guy that's killing our Pyro Pro team and has all season. But Jordan Cameron, Miami's got a nice schedule there um, sitting at the number three spot. Uh, for tight ends at the SOS uh, down the stretch. So other teams, Denver, St. Louis, New Orleans, Baltimore, but we'll see. If Vernon Davis is available, he, he had a big game. And uh, he, he, you look at that and it says uh, Denver's got the fourth easiest schedule for tight ends. So I'll just put that big picture stuff out there. Look at the uh, fantasy playoffs and the strength of schedule down the stretch. This is Pyro Pro exclusive charts that we're putting up but giving you a glimpse into them, and um, they're very telling. Very telling, to say the least. If you're looking, uh, many of you uh, know your league, know when your trade deadline happens, but even not, look at uh, guys to pick up off the waiver wire because now is the time you position. I love looking down week 14, 15, 16, and seeing if I can see that chunk of green seeing if I can see those matchups ready to go. This is the time you position, guys. If you've got, I don't know, a Moncrief and a Sneed, I mean, 
is there a huge difference between those two guys? And if I'm not starting either of them, if I've just kind of got them there for a backup, now's the time. Now's the time to cut bait with one of those guys because, to me, they're basically the same and pick up an extra wide receiver that you might not because he's got a fantastic schedule. Pick up a defense that's got a fantastic schedule. Pick up a kicker that you're going to lock up uh, those early rounds, round 14, week 15. That's what you're doing. You need to position yourself now, and I'm not kidding, guys. That strength of schedule is one of the best things that we come out with uh, it's available for the Pyro Pros in the toolbox. And just looking at it, it is like fantasy football for dummies. You can just, as long as you can see colors, you can see which way you're going, and it's going to lead you down the glory road. Nice. Move, amazing stuff. Move. The one thing I'll say quickly to just close that out is two weeks too early is a way of life. It's literally one of the crucial ways yeah. post-draft to be a champion and be in your league. It's I know so many people in fantasy football, and they look, and I look at their numbers, and they haven't won that many championships. They have great seasons when they get a Manning or a Brady in that right, you know, epic season. But overall, they're uh, kind of more of the bottom feeders. And, I, I mean, I just I just can't even t- tell you enough about uh, just, just the way that those people are not going in and figuring out a way to – Go ahead of the foreshadow into it and and make make some calls. You're not going to be right. Sometimes you're going to drop a guy that pays off eight weeks later because you went for a moment uh, and and you could be wrong. There's nothing wrong with that though. Uh, getting going and getting a Rawls uh, early in the season and holding on to him even when uh, Beast Mode came back, it's it's a no brainer. Be smart. Get out there early. Do foreshadow and be like, you know what? Look at that strength of schedule. Who are some guys that it? What if? What if? Um, you can't have a whole t- team full of what ifs, but maybe on your bench, on your your teams uh, that have bigger bench and and roster spots, obviously it helps. But and have two slots for just like cha- interchanging out, and making ballsy pickups. You take two guys that are two weeks ahead, and if an injury goes down, like the guy that took Langford in a league I'm in a week early, just because he's like, you know what, I just felt like that might happen. And um, I've done great situations like that with Tevin Coleman two weeks ago. I, I picked him up, and I go, what if, what's his name goes down? He, what, what if? This guy's available. I'm grabbing him. And now that's going to pay off this week, and I'm going to play him. Screw it. And if it pays off, I'm going to literally have a, a, a boner that – is going to be so fucking awesome to look at because I'm going to be like, I rule. I got a boner over this. Or he doesn't do it, and at least you're like, all right, nobody's going to go 100%. Good effort. Let's do a better job next time. And I'm all about taking chances. You know, you, that's why you, you got to have the right lineup to take chances in certain slots. But this week, I mean, I'm really literally going. I'm going to play either a Josh McCown or a Cousins. Why not? Because the other guys that I, the other guy I've got is Bortles, um, who's great and it keeps on being highly ranked or whatever. But I'm gonna take a chance. I'm gonna go for it and try and go for that 40 point explosion. Holy crap! D Rex is a genius manager, and if it blows up in my face, I don't care. I'm still in the playoffs. Couple things to follow up here. One, I always come for the fantasy football talk, and I stay for the boner talk. That's a, a given. <laughs> Two, uh, you said, you know, you got to be smart. 
and uh, sometimes you got to get out early. Uh, I got 50% because I know I'm not smart, but my wife always tells me I, I'm getting out too early. I'm too early. So uh, uh, I, I've got 50% of that locked up. Now, the Tevin Coleman call, to get back on track here, I love the Tevin Coleman call because a lot of times it's talent that's going to win out. But in this case, it is all opportunity, right? I mean, there's no one else there. Great opportunity. And keep in mind, this is the cat that this regime, this ad administration drafted. They've got the faith in him. And look at what Freeman, who nobody saw coming, look at what he's been able to do behind this line. I'm not saying Coleman is going to go out and do the same thing, but I think Coleman is a great play. And you know what? We're at the time of the league where, I don't know about you, I'm shooting for first. I'm not shooting for third and, hey, I made the playoffs. I want to win. I want to win. And sh swinging for the fences is the way that's going to get you there, brother. I agree. Well, I, I think in general with the Tevin Coleman issue, why not? I mean, it behooves this team who is, is in all honesty, with that hot start, they can't be thinking they really are – that think they're really a good team and going to go deep into the playoffs. They want Freeman and the one-two punch with Tevin Coleman. Speed, lightning, it's just the way the league is going. It's the way the league is going. We've got two electric guys like that. That is what this team needs. Um, so I love what Coleman's going to get in the absence of a, um, a Freeman, but I love what you're going to get from him moving forward because this team needs to figure out and scare people out of the backfield because at this point, it looks like Matt Ryan's so inept. Matty Ice cold, and he just can't even really seem to get it going. So he needs to dump it off. They need to really kind of take it off his shoulders and make, simplify things for him because he's – problematic right now i like this backfield a lot and right now Devonte freeman is out so i like a tevin coleman tevin coleman hey. looked real good earlier in the off preseason and in the very beginning of the season then all of a sudden he got banged up real early in the season and freeman pulled a, a tiki barber and said i'm not losing this opportunity and amen to him but that doesn't mean coleman's out on the street well, and when they get in close, uh, a lot of people don't realize the Falcons, 42%, when they're in the red zone, they score a, a running touchdown. There's only five teams in the red zone when they score a touchdown, they run it. So there's only five teams that run to score in the red zone more than the Falcons. Bottom line, to put this in layman's terms, when the Falcons get in close, they run. They want to punch it in through the run. Only five teams do it more, and this could be fantasy goo for Tevin Coleman. Again, a guy that uh, the administration drafted. Uh, two quick questions for you. Uh, I mentioned Jeff Giannis. Can I, can I say one quick thing? Atlanta, strength of schedule. Week 14 through 16, 10th. They've got a favorable schedule there. They've got a – talking about earlier, and I wanted to do two people that we've referenced. Uh, Yeldon, who we both said we liked, number yep. one. Jacksonville has got the number one schedule for running backs. Another reason why I, I, I must in the back of my mind, and I do use this strength of schedule a lot year-round, nonstop, 
I'm just on it. I trust in dogs. Strength schedule so much. Absolutely. It's ridiculous. Uh, Washington. The reason why I was mentioning every Washington receiver as someone I like uh, off the waiver wire, or if you can figure out a way to get them, Washington as wide receivers, 14, 15, 16th weeks, which is fantasy playoffs, have the easiest strength of schedule. Far end, and I'm done with strength schedule. Easiest strength schedule for quarterback, Drew Brees, Phillip Rivers, Alex Smith, hopefully Andrew Luck, Ryan Tannehill, Bortles. There you go. Got a question for you from the Money Badger at Scott2345. Since we're talking about Yeldon, I'm going to get into him here in a second. And uh, DT, he wants to know for this week, who would you go with at the flex, D. Thomas or Yeldon in a standard league? Now, while you think about this, while this your little hamster turns it over in your head, I have loved DT. I have written about him. He has... I, I'm just going off the top of my head here, but I believe he's got five catches for 50 yards in every single game. However, he has one touchdown that has to regress. It was about a week ago, maybe two weeks ago. His mom was released from jail, if you know that story, whatever side you're on. Basically, she saw her boy play for one of the, for the first time ever, uh, certainly in the NFL. So you've got a lot of narrative street that's pushing that. Uh, Brock, he, he eyeballs DT. He, he totally does. How, I love DT, but personally, I think I'm going to have to go with Yeldon on this one. Um, I think Yeldon's going to have the, the, the better game of the two. It's really close. I love them both, man. I, I love them both. Uh, the Jags have a net expected team total of 26, one of the higher ones uh, out there. Yeldon is one of my uh, DFS plays. He's only 4,800 on DraftKings. Uh, PFF scores him in the top 10 for most elusive backs in the NFL. And if you look at the company he keeps, it is all-stars that he's up there with. The Jags have a net implied team total, as I said, of 26, one of the higher scoring ones in the in uh, week what, 12. Uh, the Chargers, who they're playing, have an implied team total of 22. Thus, the Jags are favored by more than a field goal. So if the game script continues, that means they're going to be up early. They're going to want to try and hang on to the lead. That means running the ball, Chewing the clock, that means Yeldon. Game script is going to call for running if everything goes as planned. Not only that, no other team in the NFL is allowing for more fantasy points to opposing, to opposing running backs than San Diego. They are giving up 30.5 fantasy points per game, and that's in full PPR. The Chargers have allowed opposing running backs to cross the paint 13 different times in one form or another. That is tied for most in the NFL. In the last two games alone, two different running backs have put up over 23 fantasy points against them. Finally, Yeldon has 82 looks. That's targets plus carries in the last four 
games. Too many good things going for Yeldon here. They're going to be able to take advantage of the Chargers. While I love Demarius Thomas, I love he's going to get you that solid floor. Uh, however, this is the big kicker for me. This is standard. Demarius Thomas gets you the 5-5. Five and five. He gets you 50 yards and 5 catches every game. That's 10 points in PPR. This guy's talking standard. That's why I think Yeldon takes this question. What do you think? I, I love both, but in a standard league, are you liking Yeldon or are you leaning more towards DM Demarius Thomas? It depends the situation. I'm playing Yeldon in a league if it's a rookie league, but I'm playing him when I'm also going to decide I'm playing uh, Amari Cooper too, so I don't have to play him. Um, I love him as well, but I've, I've I've been in a position where there's a few games this year that I've loved his situation, and I did know and believe he was a, a really down the end of the run, like the next run between now and, and through the playoffs, as just mentioned, uh, is, is, is where he can really shine. But uh, I don't know, he's... He's been in my starting lineup and really underwhelmed. So, in all honesty, it depends on I like your enthusiasm on it, and you need to go all in, and you need to go deep, and this is standard league. If you're in a different situation and you need something where you need a slow and steady guy that you need that bridge and you've got a lot of risky plays in other spots or boomer bust in other spots, then I'm saying you do Demarius, even with Brock. But if you need that difference maker, that X factor, and you think Yeldon can be it, then you do it. Yeah, see, that's the thing. And Brock keys in on DMT. And if it's PPR, I love the safe floor. I mean, every game this year, five catches, 50 yards, only scored once. You've got to get some positive regression there. There's just no way. You flip a quarter, you know, 100 times, and if you flip it, 40 times tails, you know heads is coming. Uh, same thing here, positive regression. He's only scored one touchdown. It's going to come. So PPR, I love the floor of Demarius Thomas, but he's saying standard. Uh, it's just too good of an opportunity playing one of the worst rush defenses in San, Di uh, San Diego. I think Yeldon is going to take that cake in that one. But uh, interesting, interesting, good question. He uh, got right back to me. I love it, the money badger. We've been uh, going back and forth, so uh, thank you, Scott, at Scott2345. I love the communication. I, you know, that's one of the better things about Twitter, just talking football with people. Uh, I dig that, and I uh, can do, do that till the cows come home. You're great. You're uh, really who? great at it, to be honest. You're, you're really great at interacting with the, uh, your Twitter fans. Um, it's awesome. I just like, you know, uh, and, and part of it, <laughs> part of it, I think, is a, a lot of my day, I'm either talking about, oh, the proper use of a semicolon with my seniors and how to write a proper thesis statement, or I am picking the perfect color dress for Anna and Elsa with my daughters. So, man, anytime I can get some real live football talk, I jump on it. You're a renaissance uh, man, and you're a, you're a badass, so well done. I will take that compliment, sir. Thank you so much. Uh, moving forward, we've got some stock market plays, and I'm going to say it, folks. These are always tough ones because if you're selling high, you're going to get that, what, what, what you talking about? Are you crazy? Because they're doing well. So I'm going to sell high on Jordan Reed. As 
he's been doing well lately, but an atrocious SOS rest of the season strength of schedule. Let's look it over here, folks. Week 13 through week 16. He plays Dallas, Chicago, Buffalo, Philly. All of these teams are top 10 for toughest defenses for opposing tight ends. This is when you need it to work, guys. This is the last week, week 13, of your regular game, and then all of the playoffs. You're telling me you want to have Cousins, who, depending on game script, can have a great game, but you want to have Cousins facing the top 10 defenses for opposing tight ends when it matters most, week 13 through 16? I don't think so. Don't get me wrong. Start him against the Giants. That's week 12 right now. In fact, hope he hits pay dirt. I hope he has the game of the of his life so people who do not even play fantasy football jump up and say, hey, did you hear about that Jordan Reed fellow? Then cash in. Sell that sucker like there ain't no tomorrow. Remember the Giants? who is playing this week, they actually give up more fantasy points to opposing tight ends than the infamously generous Oakland Raiders. He's going to have a great game this week, but don't get caught hanging on because the strength of schedule is bitter going forward weeks 13 through 16. Sell Jordan Reed after this week. Now, let's flip the script, shall we? Go on the other side a little bit of a buy low. I'm looking forward to the playoffs. I'm looking ahead to see what's coming. Now the Rams, they might be a stash play. They've had a couple of rough performances lately. I might even look to trade depending on when your trade wire is up, but I'm be looking to stash at this point. Ain't no wrong with carrying a couple of defenses. Um, Recency bias, not a lot of people like them lately, but fantasy playoffs week one, home, Tampa Bay. Fantasy playoffs week two, home to Detroit. I'm liking them, and I'm stashing them for my playoffs. I know this is going to get some ears pricked up from my Chicago brethren, but Alshon Jeffrey, I understand there's some injury fears. I'm talking about a buy low. Injury fears. Has not had the greatest past two games. Now, week 13. Talking next week. Week 13 plays San Francisco. Then, Washington, Minnesota, Tampa. Three of those four defenses are top 12 most friendly defenses for opposing wide receivers. Alshon can get it back on track i'm gonna buy low on him he's hurt he hasn't played well that's some recency bias and he's got a very tasty matchup from weeks 13 going forward and the bears might just be fighting for something i'm gonna take the gamble on alshon even though i know i'm in the minority in the uh, pyro hood um Moving on, unless you've got any tissue, it's a soft tissue. I, you know, I love it when he's in there and he's healthy. To he, there's no question about it. He's he's a stud. He's a good football player. But 
it's hard to rely on him. So if he plays, I like him. But if it's all this like gutting it out and like kind of there, but just keeps re-injuring himself and he just can't get healthy, then it's uh it's questionable. But like you said, buy low. I agree. Total buy low. He 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 can obviously get it done even when he's struggling. I think the dude gets it done. And really, we're talking what weeks thirteen. So get get well this week. Um, week 13 through 16, uh, three of those four are top 10 easiest matchups for opposing wide receivers. And man, even when the dude has been struggling, I mean, it's not too bad last week. He had 11 targets and 90 yards. Really? He's only had, I don't know, one, I would say clunker of a game, uh, you know, 78 yards, 147 in a touchdown. 116 in a touchdown, 151, he had his clunker, and then last week, 90. If you're talking PPR, he's got, you know, 10, 10, 8, 5, 7. He's a guy that I think he he gets a bad rap, and he's got a fantastic playoff schedule coming up. I'm buying low on my dog. Now, moving on past Alshon and dudes I want to buy low on, tip of the week for you folks just kick back on the couch and let old uncle mo impart some wisdom to you (laughs) vegas baby vegas i have been using this more than almost any year to date and i've really been pleased with my outcomes not only in my dfs not only in my redraft but i even do one of those consistency league so if there's 16 points i have uh 16 points i can put or i'm sorry if there's 16 games i can put 16 on one 15 on the next 14 and so forth and i've really been using vegas totals to help me out so vegas baby vegas the 49ers this week the 49ers the dolphins the rams the bills none of these teams have an implied net total over 20 points so that means the 49ers the dolphins the rams and the bills i would definitely look at the defenses playing those guys to possibly stream who are those defenses that are playing teams that are not expected to score 20 points we're talking the cardinals the jets the Bengals, the chiefs i am telling you guys net implied point total is huge and cardinals jets Bengals, chiefs all great plays this week for defense on the flip side looking at vegas once again here are some offenses i want to slice of the texans they have over 28 implied team point total highest of the week Bengals over 26 not only that, the Rams, who's their opponent, has an implied team point total of 16. So that means the Bengals are 10-point favorites. So one of the uh, 
the, so one of the nice things here about the Bengals is, yes, I'm looking to stream the defense because the Rams, they've only got one weapon, and they're doing terrible. Case Keenum, he's got the, the clunker of the headache, and Lord knows Foles isn't any better. So, yeah, I'm going to start that defense, but also I like stacking a defense and a running back because if it goes to game script, the defense is going to shut them down, and the offense is going to want to stretch it out. They're going to want to chew the clock. So just like stacking a quarterback and a wide receiver, I like looking for the Vegas games where I've got a high wide margin of victory and a low net expected team point total for the opponent. So I'm going to start a defense versus them, and I'm going to start a wide receiver versus them. I like stacking a D and an RB. So chances are Cincy will be up. They're going to look to chew the clock, and that means run, 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 a do run, run. The Jags have a net expected team point total of over 26, so give me Yeldon, 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 like we talked about a little bit earlier. That is my tip of the week. Use Vegas, not only for streaming defenses, not only for looking at game script, for uh, picking up wide receivers. You can gain so much knowledge from looking at the net implied totals of each team through the Vegas numbers. You're the man with that stuff. I agree with you. You're, you're opening my eye in that region too. Val, there's enough. Yeldon. Yeldon, Yeldon. We've talked about them, but really, once you start prying into those Vegas numbers, and I'm talking net expected point totals, you can really use that in an advantageous way to win your day, whether it's DFS, whether it's redraft, whatever the case may be. And I think Yeldon is a perfect example of using Vegas to win your week. D-Rex, do you got any uh, tips of the week that you might be able to help Pyromaniac Nation with? I think a little bit. You know, my big thing is auditing your season and looking back and making sure you know what you did great uh, in this current season, uh, but in the future, you know, after when July, July, I mean, January comes around. But what you can do right now is start really looking at the teams that are doing great, looking at the situations that are, that are, uh, impressing you with other owners and why other owners are falling short. Really what you want to do is make sure you don't just look a record uh, with your you know, uh, colleagues and your opponents in these fantasy leagues because record doesn't tell the whole picture. I'm a big proponent of checking out those power rankings on any site I'm on. I'm always looking at most points. It's not for me. It's not about record. I want the guy with the most points that's got the worst record, which has been me in a number of occasions, you as well, and many fantasy owners out there where your team is scoring, but you're just getting hit with that buzzsaw. My big thing is look and audit real time. Be like, why is this guy's team awesome, and how has this guy gotten demolished where – He's won, had the most points three weeks out of eleven, and but yet he's and he's got like second most points, um, but he's got third most scored against, and his record's you know terrible. Check all this minutia information out. Really look at it. Don't look at just record, but when you're looking at your leagues and evaluating how you're doing real time, how you can do that as an audit at the end of the season. It helps you so much to know the guys that you need to start coveting and falling in love with. Uh, 
what it does for us is it just gives us a platform to tell our audience and other uh, of our, 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 our colleagues and people in the industry some information to jump on. But it's important. They say that Socrates was considered one of the wisest men in the world. He went to the oracle at Delphi and said, I want to know who's the wisest man in the world. And the oracle said, you are. So he goes and search for two years, meets boat builders and poets and theorists. And he comes back and he says, surely I'm not the wisest man in the world. I've met all these other people. And the oracle said, well, that is indeed why you're the wisest because you have the greatest capacity to learn. And I think it's a huge thing in DFS or fantasy redraft dynasty to have the greatest capacity to learn, to go back and actually learn, not only from mistakes, what you did well, look at what other people did. This is a life, my friend, is a learning situation and to be better at life or fantasy football you need to have that metacognition you need to go back and learn i love it man it's 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 super important and if you're trying to grow as a player and you watch guys like jordan what do you do every off season to make his game better us non-athletic uh, living our dreams through fantasy football people why not Give it your all. Why not be the guy that stays in the uh, later on and watches the video and be the gym rat, be the guy that just wants to become better and better and better. Obviously, we have to do it for because we own a company that's a fantasy football website and product. But in all honesty, before we started this company, we were we were giving it our all as well. So be a gym rat, be the guy, be the, be the guy that's watching the video at the end, get your knowledge, figure it out, listen to all of our podcasts and other great outlets that Mo's always referring to and in interviewing. Uh, it's, it's, it's crucial. And that's what we'll be bringing you in the off season. We're one of the few companies that does this all year round because we are always learning, talking to others, see what they're doing, doing some reflection, see which ways we can learn and, and go to the table and being honest. Look, I just messed up here. This is what I did in hopes that we can all better ourselves. Moving on to one of the last uh, segments we have here is the daily dose um and before we get there i i did notice uh one of your notes was uh basically play quarterbacks and receivers against the saints i think that's a pretty good tip right there because goodness gracious they're giving it up like a boy without fingers in the dam like he, he just he got too many things plugged, and there's too much water, too many holes to fill because, dang, that defense is giving it up. Yeah, I love uh, one thing for all our listeners. Make sure you're checking out pyromaniac.com um, for our uh, daily DFS piece that we do on a weekly basis because it's, it's awesome. I actually haven't posted it yet. I think I'm going to do it tonight, maybe tomorrow morning, but it's uh, OC and um, stag party and hopefully we'll get uh mr uh houdini will, will he i know he was fired up today with his ohio uh, not ohio iowa team uh going 12 and 0 but uh yeah it's just a great resource for 
um, guys that you should be going for, sleepers, guys that you throw a dart at that can become a high upside and, you know, a player to stay away from. So check that stuff out. Um, it's a good part of our content. And the last part of the content here is the daily do the daily dose, the daily do's and the daily don'ts, the daily do for me. If you're playing DFS, and once again, I've said this before, but if I'm giving you a daily do for DFS, it doesn't mean you can't pick these guys up for streaming. I think it's almost interchangeable. If I got a streamer, you can play them in DFS. If I got a DFS call, you can stream. But we've we've hinted around them. We've talked about them. You know, I love me some McCown, but also Hoyer. Uh, I think McCown, the game script is going to be great against Baltimore. He just he set the world on fire the last time he played. I think Baltimore is uh, a ship on fire going down. But Hoyer, only 5000 on DraftKings. Now, of course, if you're saving here, you're looking to upspend somewhere else. 5000 is a great price for a quarterback that's playing at home. Just as I mentioned to uh, set this up, one of D uh, Rex's calls were play your quarterbacks and wide receivers against the Saints. Who does Hoyer face? New Orleans Saints, who according to DraftKings are dead last against opposing quarterbacks. In pyro terms, they're giving up the most goo. <laughs> Saints currently have four linebackers questionable. Two of those cats are starters, and one is a defensive back. In games with at least 23 attempts, Hoyer has put up double digits in all but one. And that double-digit fantasy points. And that was way back in week one. The Texans have an implied team point total of 28. Currently, according to Numberfire, that is the highest implied team point total of the week guys you have to be smart enough by now to figure out implied team point totals means if you basically take the the spread add it all together the over under and then figure out who's favored that's going to give you the implied team point total and sometimes they're going to break it down a little bit more number fire does a fantastic job but all, if not all, a vast majority of the points runs through the quarterback's hands. That is Hoyer. In games with at least uh, 23 attempts, I said he's put up double digits every time but once. The Texans have 28 implied points they're going to score. No one has more this week, and I'm a big believer in the Vegas game script. They know what they're doing. The Sharps are going to be uh, the ones that are giving you the points. This is a true time-tested approach, and I really think they're going to go over this week. Uh, they've just got too many weapons, and Hoyer is going to be in on a big, big slice of that. He is my quarterback start for the Daily Dose. Love it, man. Keep rolling. Looking for uh, running back. I was hesitant here because I think Chris Johnson might have hit a bit of a wall. I'm not sure, but there's just too many positives. I made a nice little list, pros and cons, Chris Johnson. Uh, 
currently questionable, but uh, according to the beat writers that I went to, and I, and I dug kind of deep on this one, they all say that he's going to play. This is nothing more than um, maintenance for an older guy, but just so you know, currently questionable. Keep an eye on it. I'm not worried about it, but it's just one of the things to keep in the back of your mind. Once again, sign up for Pyro Pro. You won't have to sweat it. Val and I will take care of you, as will the rest of the Pyro boys doing the write-ups. But he's only 4600 Chris Johnson. That's a great steal, and you can plug in the money you save there on other guys later. 14th best running back on the season thus far, and he faces the 49ers. I don't even know if the word atrocious can really be applied to the 49ers. I'm not even sure there's a word in the English language system that encompasses how bad the 49ers have been, especially against the run. Um, They're favored, the Cardinals, are favored by over a touchdown. Here we go again. This is my game script. Game script should see Gabbert who the 49ers are trotting out for their quarterback, should see Gabbert trying unsuccessfully to put it up to the air. That means Bruce Arians will likely get the early lead and look to chew up the clock on the ground with the pound and the pound, and that's going to come through Chris Johnson. CJ has played three games against them, that's the 49ers, and has scored a total of five touchdowns in three games averages 95 yards a game narrative street it's a divisional game they're gonna be up for it cardinals have an implied team point total of over 25 points whereas the 49ers are barely striking 19 could be a great game for chris johnson now a running back who you and i we've Can talked I about thing, chris Bring the ruckus on CJ 2K. It's pretty awesome. He's got 196 looks on the season, and that's like I, I don't have the number to sit here. It's not a dynamic spreadsheet, but that's like top five, just on straight up looks of guys that are still playing right now, and that's super impressive. He is getting a lot of looks, man. Considering the the wealth of running backs they have. David Johnson, uh, Ellington, to to be getting that much of a timeshare is a testament to what he's done this season. He's really turned it around quite a bit. He's got more than uh, Latavius Murray. And to to think about it, as far as uh, Adrian Peterson, uh, he's got only 37 less looks on the season than AP. And see, this is one thing I was really trying to do this season was to uh, power in numbers to literally get two, three, four, four teams where I've got multiple guys on that team early on in the season. I think I had all the running backs. I made trades along the way. But I think if you get those high-powered teams, that's what you want to do. You want to get as many slices of the pie as possible. And Bruce Arians brings the ruckus and he could be a great play great great matchup he makes he only uh, makes money if he gets the 13 uh 100 yards rushing 
I think he's in the 900 zone right now. I think he's uh he's top top three or four right now. You think that this guy is not incentivized to get to that 1300, and you don't think the players coach or the kind of guy that is looking at Chris Johnson and be like, you know what, this guy's gonna be my stud for the next couple of years. Doesn't want to get him there. It's not his money. It's Bidwell's. He's gonna get he's well, gonna get that up. He's gonna get the looks to get to that uh, 1300. I don't know. I mean, you really think a guy that puts gold on his teeth is really that into money? Well, yeah, of course he's into money. <laughs> Putting gold on your teeth, capping it up. Um, another guy. You bet on himself. You and I, and I like that, man. I like he's going to bet on himself. And I, I love the fact that they can dangle uh, the carrot, a little bit of incentive over their heads. We've seen guys, once they get it, it goes down. But CJ is in a perfect spot to play right now because he hasn't gotten it, and you know damn well he wants it, and I think he'll get it done. Now, once that day comes, might be time to sell high on that dude, but that day has not struck yet. For sure. Uh, another guy you and I have been talking about, Yeldon. I'm still coming back to you on that uh, Demarius Thomas. You, you're, you're telling me Demarius Thomas is the better play. Over Yeldon. I'm not, I'm not. I'm just saying, situationally, if you if you need the slow and steady, you need the guy that you think's gonna come in, and you're fine with him having less points, but you know those points you're gonna get over this total hit or total miss, and that's what he's been. Not total miss, but not big points with Yeldon. And I like it. Yeah. I roll the dice. I, I I'm playing Yeldon, as I said, because of upside. I'm all for it, but it depends on your situation. Um and what you need. I like what Yeldon's going to do this week, but on some teams, when I've got a lot of b- boomer bust guys, I would probably go with Demarius Thomas and take the slow and steady points, who I still think is going to do great. I think uh, Brock is going to really still focus in on him and his targets, where I think he's the number two, maybe three guy in targets for wide receivers right now. I don't think that dips uh, moving on from Peyton. No. Yeah, PPR, I am Demarius Thomas all the way. Standard, Yeldon. But uh, you, you can't go wrong. And like you say, you got to know the rest of your team. You got to know what you need. I mean, if you're starting a bunch of boomer bust guys, you need someone with a decent floor, vice versa. You might want to uh, go for the gold. And uh, it, it depends on what your league is. Know your league, as we always say. But Yeldon is a great play. Uh, DraftKings 4,800 PFF Pro Football Focus scores him in the top 10 for most elusive backs in the NFL. The Jags have a net implied point total of 26. Chargers have an implied point total of 22. Thus, the Jags are favored by more than a field goal. think we've talked about this quite enough, but I just I think he is a fantastic play in um, DraftKings at 4,800. Uh, it's just a great game script. Not only that, you know, I think I've said this, but no other team in the NFL is allowing more fantasy points to opposing wide receivers in San Diego. I think Yeldon could get well and get really well this weekend. Loving it. Uh, moving to wide receiver. How can you not love Nuke? I mean, I'm going to spend up for this guy. Uh, we, we're saving a bit of money here on some of the other cats. Uh, we didn't go over 4,000 on CJ, or I'm sorry, we didn't go over 5,000 on CJ. We didn't go over 5,000 on Yeldon, and here we are with Nuke. 
Hopkins. 9,100. He is, if not top three, but arguably one of the better wide receivers in targets this year. They just look to him left and right. He's one of the only things, and yet he cannot be stopped. Houston has the highest implied team point total of the week, 29. As I said, you know a lot of that's running through uh, my boy Hopkins' hands. He is a target machine. Uh, spending up for Nuke, you're going to have to save some dough elsewhere, but I certainly think it is worth it. Uh, DeAndre's, DeAndre's sh- number one on targets at 135. So he's he's just one ahead of Julio. But, yeah, he's he's got the most most action of anybody, and he's just a beast. He is a beast. And uh, I wrote last year when we were doing uh, – I did the uh, – team previews at the beginning of the year and i even said last year like i think he's gonna have a good year but it's gonna be one more year till he has his breakout and indeed i think this was his breakout year now tight end i'm rolling with jg jimmy graham the boy is due he's 4800 on DraftKings. faces pittsburgh who is fourth most for points given up to opposing tight ends. By the way, that's more than Oakland. Lord knows we've talked about how famous Oakland is for giving it up to the tight end position. But anyway, Pittsburgh gives it up more to the tight end position than Oakland. 38 targets in Jimmy Graham's last five games. He is quietly becoming a larger part of this offense. It has, it just has not translated into TDs, but once again, like Demarius Thomas, I expect positive regression is going to come. He's not scored since week three, but in the last five games, he's got at least eight targets in three of those. I think it's going to come. He's got a cake, cake matchup against Pitt going to be a high scoring game i think he's going to be able to cross the end zone uh they use him heavily in the red zone in the last month i think jg can get it done if if 4800 is too many bones to spend on your tight end because i understand technically it's one of the most volatile positions it's a it's a super boomer bust position so if that's too much for you Give me Tammy all day. Give me some green eggs and Tammy. He is 3,300 on DraftKings. And here's the kicker. Leonard Hankerson is out. If Hankerson is in, I'm not taking this. But he has been ruled out. When LH, Leonard Hankerson, was out for weeks 7 through 9, Tammy was afforded 28 targets, caught 17 passes in those three games, one touchdown, and totaled 180 yards. Week 12, they faced Minnesota. Tammy has a better catch percentage than Gronkowski, Ben Watson, and even Jimmy Graham. So, situationally, without Hankerson, I think 
Tammy is going to have a choice matchup. It's almost guaranteed. I think he's going to cross the end zone. And with DK, DraftKings, you're talking about three times. That's the value you want. So at 3,300, all this cat needs to do is score a 40-yard touchdown, and you've made your cake. And I think he can get that done any day of the week. Love me some Tammy. Like it. My last go-to, one of my last go-tos for my uh, defense special teams. I'm I'm spending up. I, I called the Cleveland shot in the dark earlier if you're streaming because they're certainly available in Baltimore. Lord, I don't even know what that team's going to look like. Uh, but I think that's a great play. But if I'm spending on DraftKings, Bengals, Bengals, Bengals. They face the Rams. The Rams are the walking wounded. I mean, I keep expecting uh, the walking dead to pop out. I mean, these guys are literally in the grave. Uh, 3,000 on DraftKings for the Bengals. I tweeted this last week that there is a huge volatility that goes with Case Keenum. Uh, in his Approximate 12 starts. He's finished with a completion percentage over 60 only once, and that was very early on, I think, his second or third game. Now, hopefully, you've heeded my warning as he finished with 136 yards last week. Now, he's working through the concussion protocol, and that may likely turn back to Foles. I was amazed at how many pundits said, oh, yeah, let's start Case Keenum. He literally, definition of volatile. Sometimes he'd have three touchdowns, sometimes he'd have zero or one. But the biggest telling sign was that he only finished with at least 60% completion once. Now, as I said, working through concussion protocol, and Lord knows who's better, Case Keenum or Foles. Uh, I'm taking option C if there is one. Uh, paging Mr. Heller, Mr. Joseph Heller, you are wanted. We've got a catch-22 in the Rams because they're damned if you do and they're damned if you don't. There's only five defenses that allow an average of less than 19 points per game, and the Bengals are indeed one. The Rams, they're on the road. Always a big positive when streaming a D. And best of all, the Rams have the lowest implied team point total of the week. They are not even expected to score 16 points. Man, $3,000 for the Bengals. I am taking them all day long. Now, before we get to get to our what you talking about Willis plays, any commentary or uh, last thoughts on the DFS? So you want to roll right into uh, the, our best Arnold Drummond impersonation. <laughs> what you talking about, Willis? Hey, man. Keep the DFS rolling. I, I think I think we do, we do a good job there. I know we play it. And uh, on a regular basis, I'm truly trying to become better at it and, and learn it as a craft. I kind of stay away from giving too much advice on it because I just don't think it's fair for an audience where I'm not that great at it right now to listen to me because I'm pretty good at some other fantasy stuff. So I'm I'm a student of the game right now. I'm in I'm in I'm in education mode on DFS and 
I've had some good weeks this year and I've had some crap and I listen to everyone's information, yours, uh, you know, Stags does it a lot. I've got other friends that are all in it and, um, I'm a work in progress on the DFS. DFS is a work in progress and you've got to constantly reevaluate your system. I think one of the, the biggest things that I did this year was the, I believe they call it the 2080-10 rule where I figure out my total bankroll for the season. Like, let's say I've got uh, 170 bucks because there's uh, 17 games. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to spend about 80% of that. Or actually, I'm going to take 10% of my total bankroll. So if i got 170 bucks, I'm going to spend 10 bucks on a week. That's 10%. I'm taking 10% of my total bankroll per week. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to divide it. I'm going to give about 80% to the cash games. The games that I have a higher percent chance of winning. The games like uh, head-to-head, if I beat 50% of the competition, I win whatever 38% of the money. I'm going to spend 80% in cash games because those are the ones I have the greatest chance. But then I'm going to spend about 20 in the GPP, the really big tournament plays. Here's the deal. If I win my cash play, I'm always going to make money. And I'm going to grind it out, and I'm going to get a little and a little and a little, and I'm going to add it up. But if I hit just once, just once out of those 17 weeks on the 20% GPP, I am a happy man. It is all about diversification, if you ask me. Playing it the same way every time. Don't get hot-headed. Don't realize, oh, man, I lost three weeks in a row. i got to double up. Play it the same every time. Figure out what your bankroll is. Play the same amount every week. Play the same percentage every week. And I think that is where you start. It's it, it's a lot of grinding out in the beginning, but you're going to start to see some improvement, and it's going to start to help you in the long run. Be consistent. That's a big thing I've learned this year. Now, moving on to one of our uh, favorites. We've uh, finished up with the Bengals is my – defense but we got the what you talking about willis start of the week now on DraftKings, you've got nine slots you basically got five uh fifty thousand dollars to spread out over nine different players and of course you you got all these things to figure past performance strength of schedule opponents health all that kind of stuff now the minimum price Minimum salary place for wide receivers and running backs is $3,000. You're not always going to find the greatest names under these lists. But this is where we give you the what you talking about Willis play. These are guys, wide receivers or running backs, that you can get for $3,000 league minimum. Now, there's something called the three times rule. So you're hoping to score about 150 points, that's three times your $50,000 salary, or if I'm starting a $3,000 player, I want to get about nine points. So who can give me this? This week, I took a long, hard look, and guys, I believe it. Tyler Lockett. 
$3,000 on DraftKings. Now, last week, Tyler Lockett, he was the fifth best wide receiver in PPR formats. He scored twice last week. That is way over three times. In his last four games, he put up double-digit performances 50% of the time. Last two games, Lockett is playing in over 70% of the offensive snaps. As I always say, know your league. He is a huge special teams guy. The primary punt and kick returner. So on DraftKings, even if you select another defensive end special teams, if Lockett gets you a punt return for a touchdown or a kick return for a touchdown, you get those points. This is why there is this great uh, intangible factor with Lockett. He faces the Steelers in the last five games. Only three teams have allowed more fantasy points to opposing wide receivers in that same time frame. They have enabled 12 different wide receivers to put up double-digit days against them. Lockett should be matched up the majority of the time against Antoine Blake. You always know I rank PFF. They rank 111 corners. Antoine Blake comes in at number 109. That means there are just literally uh, two guys Two guys that are worse than this dude that's going up against Lockett. I am loving me this $3,000 play. Antoine Blake, by the way, has personally allowed the receivers he's guarded to rack up 710 yards. Amazingly, after the catch, those dudes have gone for another 246 yards. (laughs) In the last five games... He's given up three TDs. So, yeah, give me the $3,000 locket all day long. <laughs> Love it. Locket Val Verde. I think it's uh, it's amazing. Well, I'll talk about a guy that we both were high on and uh, Lockett and looking through the prices on DraftKings. He was a guy I came back and I looked in and I was going to throw in Lockett. I'm like, ah, that's the guy that Moe's got in there. <laughs> so he bounced off the page at me. Uh, the other fella that did is J.J. Nelson. I like Lockett more for the reasons you said, but J.J. Nelson, yeah. that speed that we talked about earlier, and just what if? Uh, what if they just think that this is the guy that can scare everyone heading into the playoffs uh, where we just really kind of even use him as a decoy but just start throwing the ball deep to the speedster um, I really like a J.J. Nelson on Arizona at the same 3,000. At running back, quickly, I'll just mention a guy that bounced off the page at me. The inconsistency is the reason why he's there. But most games that the New Orleans Saints are in are shootouts. They all are. And uh, C.J. Spiller is at the running back position, a $3,000 guy. And Seems like the kind of guy that could go off one of these weeks and be one of those players that's on the millionaires team. And uh, CJ Spiller is a guy at running back position that I'm pretty into this week at 3,000 bones. Uh, it could be a Spiller week. Yeah, uh, Spiller could could be a tricky one. 
Uh, he, it, definition boom or bust, I believe. But uh, Nelson, I really like that. So many people were on Jaron Brown, and Nelson really turned it out. And uh, I believe they've got, what, 49ers this week who have been porous, to say the least. Um, giving up 11 touchdowns on the year to wide receiver, giving up nearly 2,000 yards to wide receivers. Uh, I think he could be a real sneaky play. I like that one too. And boy, isn't it fun just coming up, hitting with a uh, a $3,000 call and getting yourself some what you talking about, Willis? That is one of the greatest plays. I love it on Sunday when my cheap DFS call uh, sneaks in for a touchdown. It is. Ain't, no, it, ain't nothing better. It's awesome. Love it, dude. This has been a uh, – are we, are we shutting this party down? We are shutting this party down two hours and 27 minutes. Good Lord. We got to change the name to the pyro medium or just the pyro with a whole lot of love. It's pyro heavy, not as heavy. Pyro not, not, pyro podcast, not as heavy. It's like being, it's like being a little bit less weight than the chubbard in front of you. Yeah, it's like one of those meals at uh, uh, one of those TGI Fridays or one of those stores where they have all the buttons where you can get it for 500 calories or less. That's what the Pyro Light is. 500 calories or less, all the goo for your fantasy weekend ahead. I love doing the show with you. I honestly am going to be ordering a medium pizza from Paisano's. I'm a chubbard. I haven't eaten in far too long. I think it was about almost it was about 11 hours ago. And I'm going to chub out on a half medium pizza and reheat the other half tomorrow while I'm sitting watching games across three devices. I got my Mac Mint. I got my Mac uh, iMac going on a game. I'm going to have my nice little uh, Samsung TV going on a game. I'm going to be doing stuff on the laptop. I got an extra laptop that can throw me out of Another freaking game. I lo- I'm fired up. I am not. Other than when my dog needs to pee, I'm not leaving the house <laughs> tomorrow. It's a done deal. It's set. I mean, two days. Two days. This comes out on t- in two days. <laughs> I, I like it. I like it. You're a recluse. Like, uh, who's the guy that flew those airplanes that, that had all the bottles in his room with the long fingernails? Who was that cat? Uh, Howard? Yes. Just one step away from uh, Howard Hughes, but just uh, really cool NFL uh, games and some good microbrews on tap. Maybe. I can dig it. Maybe some edibles somewhere along the line. I can dig it. Hey, brother man, it is always, always a pleasure. We will do this again, and uh, I, I, I can't wait for the weekend to continue and to see where uh, this world and this fantasy football will lead us in week 12. But, D-Rex, seriously, it's always been a pleasure, and uh, I enjoy it very much. Awesome. Peace to everyone. Happy holidays to everyone. It's one world, one love. Love creatures. Don't kill each other, even the animals or even an insect. It's life. We always talk about how life isn't anywhere else but Earth. I don't believe that. I don't think you do either, Mo. But a whole hell of a lot of people don't. So even if a blade of grass is life, treat it good.
Why not? Uh, Leaves of Grass from uh, Walt Whitman, one of my favorites. And folks, I'll leave you with this, that uh, once upon a time, you just look for me under your boot soles. Guys, it's always been a pleasure. We will see you the next time on the Pyro Podcast Light. We are the only fantasy football company with soul, and we will catch you on the flip side. God bless.